Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Look at us go. Eva who? <laughs> Eva who? She's uh, on vacay with her family right now. Vacay. Well, and it's she's, also, she's visiting her home. She's visiting. Her, but it's also like Saturday. It's also Saturday. So we, we wouldn't expect her to <laughs> hang around here anyway. But we are going solo today. We are. We're uh, <laughs> hmm, taking things off course, I suppose. <laughs> we are already hurtling off a cliff uh, uh, 10 seconds in. Uh, I was just telling Christine a second ago that while well, we were talking about her wall, and I never realized that it was gold before. You've slept in this room like three times. Exactly. My eyes are closed every time I'm in that room. <laughs> okay, that's fair. talking about? It's a wallpaper that from like anthropology. It was fucking expensive. I don't recommend. And it didn't well, it was even etched come in gold. Pre-pasted. So you me. But yes, it's shiny. It's like gold and cream colored. And it's like an accent wall. Here's and, a good, uh, here's a good like, um. Hmm. Like a little, like if I were to wish ill will on you, but like oh, not. Oh, like, excellent! But like what? in an ink. Here's the thing: I never want to wish physical ill, on, a physical ill will on anybody. But if I'm ever mad at somebody, I always wish like slight inconveniences on them. And that explains if, a lot in my day to day life. Thank you for finally admitting. I'm just powerful. But if I were <laughs> to manifest or, or wish uh, ill convenience on you, uh, I hope one day, if deserved. That your child decides to draw on the walls and only on the one etched in gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it sound, I love it, because you make it sound like I have a wall literally etched in gold. It is not etched in gold. It is shiny. I mean, it. if you're on YouTube, take a look at that wall and tell okay, me if it's etched exactly. in gold Exactly. And I, I also, I suddenly was getting all these TikTok followers and I was like, how did this happen? And then I remembered on an episode, I was like, I'm going to do like weird shit in my house on TikTok and I still haven't done it. So I plan on it and I guess we can add this dumb wall to the Yeah, here's the first the one. Here's the first I was one. I was uh saying it to you before and then I stopped myself because I thought like maybe it was worth documenting, which now in hindsight no it wasn't. But do you <laughs> 
I did you know that there is a pickle place? I you follow stopped on right TikTok. there. You said, did you know there's a pickle <laughs> place? And then you said, wait, let's record first. And I said, I already can promise the answer is I don't know whatever you're about to tell me. So, so anyway, go ahead. Five years of producing a podcast. And I still think most things are worth documenting <laughs> yeah. on audio and they're just not. Um, and we but do there's it anyway. a, there's a pickle place where you can like, uh, like you can have it dipped in anything and then, like, one of the options is a 24-carat pickle where you get a dipped in edible gold, and that's, like... Oh, my God. Where is that? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask, and I don't remember. That sounds I've, like something M would do. I'd be like, I why? would totally eat that. I'd Although, like, edible gold's kind of nasty, to it, be honest. I feel like I wouldn't want to eat that. I feel like it would hurt my tummy. Have you ever had a cool lickle? There's pretty good. Uh, Yes, my step-grandmother... Step-grandmama. Gra- step um Whoa. You know, Pam. <laughs> she I makes them. Pam. <laughs> Pam looks like the exact person who would know how to whip up a cool ickle. Right? I know. She- and my mom is still <laughs> horrified about the whole incident, but I think they're great. <laughs> I love cool ickles, but the, the gold really threw me off. But then this place also, like, wraps it in, like, cotton candy. I'm not into that. No. I, there's Why a pickle? Li- I guess there's limits to what you can do with a pickle, and the the list is very small, I think. I would agree. I guess some people don't, but how much is the... You know- gold pickle do we have any idea it was like 12 bucks which like in terms in terms of gold real cheap in terms of pickles real pricey real expensive in terms of like gimmicks uh, not too bad i guess yeah and also shockingly at the store you know what they didn't have because like they had a one of the a bunch of the options where like you take you core out the pickle and have stuff in the pickle so you can eat the pickle with stuff in it filled pickle yeah and like of all the things that they had there not a single peanut butter filled Pickle, I was going to like, Peanut butter and pickles are like kind like a common combo. Common, common is maybe not the word I'd use, but I didn't say popular. But it is universally a polarizing topic on are it, you pro or anti? Anti. Peanut butter if, pickle. I know you're not asking me, but I am anti. I'm pro. I thought I'd be anti, really? but then my babysitter when I was a kid, she was pregnant when she was watching me and had like the peanut butter pickle sandwich craving, and. I was eight. And so I was like the perfect demographic to not judge her. <laughs> and so she was like, you have one if I have one. And I ate it. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually not that bad. Well, on a sandwich, I feel like it's less terrifying. I'm just picturing like just chunks of peanut butter on a pickle and that's <laughs> gross. But a sandwich, I could see why that could work. But um, it's the salty sweet thing. I mean, you can do yeah. it with anything. Do you ever do like the peanuts and Coke? That's pretty good. No, but I think. I only learned about that, I think, from you or somebody like a couple mm. years ago. I hadn't even heard of that being a thing. Oh, it's very good. I mean, when anyway. I was little, my mom would cook up like ostrich. Yeah, put- you're really not the person to compare <laughs> food with. Okay. Try, try picturing cool lickles showing up at my house and how my mother reacted to that with her mother-in-law showing up with a jar of it. it was the ostrich pretty. would come back to life and be like, what is that? Oh, it certainly did. Um, oh, I wanted to say... A fun announcement we have, which is that we started a new podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we, we haven't sure been able did. to talk about it on the show. And I feel like and that so it's with Parcast. And I, before we I did get a few DMs being like, isn't that's what we drink over? I understand if it is. And I was oh. like, no, God, no, no. And people were very kind and asking, but clearly like very concerned. And no, 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 no. This is just kind of a fun side project. And the good news is we're hosting it. But Parcast um, on Spotify are doing a lot of the legwork as far as like they did the logo and doing the editing and like did a lot of the research so it's it's really cool because we get to kind of do the fun part of just telling stories and it's called rituals before i forget to name it yes it it is fun it feels a little like getting to be divas in a way because like all like 
no offense, but like all the grunt work is on other people. It's very fun to just show up with a microphone and just like get to like see the notes and go for it. And And it's like kind of deep dives into things that we've like touched on in the past. So it's um, like occult stuff, which obviously is one of our favorite topics in the world. And, um, you know, it's all sorts of spooky stuff, but it's they do, you know, tons of research and kind of pull out some really fun stuff for us to just chat about and i actually i found i think the first person who's tweeted at us who had never heard of us before and found the podcast oh. and was like really into it and i no I, way. It, I know it was such a cool moment and i think they live in germany too and i was like this is Whoa. so exciting oh so my gosh. Um, it's called rituals it's on spotify um i do have one request to For everybody me? oh well you too i guess you can join in but um if you happen to listen and you do enjoy it i would really request that you give it a little five star because um i'm having a little bit of a complex about it being (laughs) 4.5 stars out of five christine Uh, i this is like the third time i've heard you talk about it i can't get over it i'm being really (laughs) sensitive about it and i'm sorry and it, it doesn't really matter in the end because um we love it and i know a lot of you guys do but i don't know if you want to throw it a rating that would be really kind because i think a lot of people heard it and are like who are these whack jobs (laughs) on my spotify feed and it's us so well yeah and also uh thank you to podcast for reaching out and wanting to work with us that was it's such a so cool it it was it's also been a lot of fun they're more um in case you're wondering what like the format is it's more of a bite-sized version of and that's why we drink Mm -hmm. i guess the episodes Mm -hmm. are much shorter but it just kind of gives you like really good talking points. Um, uh, we wanted to make sure that we were as inclusive as possible. Mm -hmm. We, I, I think we can now talk about how weirdly Mm -hmm. aggressive I was in all of our meetings where I was (laughs) like, I felt bad because I was like, Christine, I'm going to tell them again. I'm going to tell them again. I was like, like, you fucking go, man. I will (laughs) back you up. And not that they weren't going to be respectful, but I was just so overly cautious that if we were going to be talking about things like the occult, like I didn't want to do it. I, people's spiritual identities, practices. Yeah. Right. And so we actually do have uh, practicing witches on our research okay. team. I was about to say my favorite of- moment was when Em was so nervous about like addressing it again. And I was like, no, listen, like you say it, it's your whatever, whatever. <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm like, you say it. But no, you were like nervous about it. And I was like, no, no, like it's important. You, you know, get your thoughts out there. And uh, I see this guy keep like trying to raise his hand and I'm like, cause we're on this big zoom call and he keeps trying to like in- insert himself. And finally he's like, Oh, I'm actually a practicing witch. Um, and and he, like, he has, his, he's in like runs his own coven or is in like, yeah. the, is like the leader. And he's the doing president. research. I don't know what the right term is, but he's the he was like, I, he, I don't know what the right term is for like being in charge of your own coven. Oh, 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 oh yeah. But he was like, yeah, I have my own coven and I, you know, and it I was, was like, oh, you should have spoken a long time ago. You know, podcast was like, oh, don't worry. We have yeah. we have the right people researching who know what they're doing. And it was just such a comforting, uh, awesome. And I've always, I've always known from previous shows that podcast research team was great. But I was just weirdly paranoid because we were going into this with all of our meetings with them saying like, hey, our demographic is largely very open-minded, very into spirituality, very into, you know, witchcraft. Very a lot diverse. of people practice. Yeah. Very diverse. Like if we are hoping that people will want to listen to another show of ours, like, and we don't get, we're not, you know, number one in charge of the research. Like I need to know that I can trust that it's in good hands. And so they have been so accommodating and so wonderful. And we have talked about so many fun things already. We talked about tarot, the history of tarot, which okay. I had no idea about. I have something. Oh, God. <laughs> Look what I have. This is a tarot deck that I just found on my way upstairs. And it is the Cat's Eye Tarot. 
Stop it. So I was going to ask you, what's your favorite episode that we've, because we've only recorded a few and they come out every Monday. Um, but what's your favorite episode we've recorded, would you say? Do you have a favorite? Mm. I am partial to uh, the Arthur Conan Doyle history because just because of how much I am publicly in love with the story of Harry Houdini <laughs> against the mediums. So um, to finally hear the a different side of it was was very interesting. To, yes, to I loved those episodes, too. They're so fun to um, let M regale me with the tales all over again. And um, I think Tara was also one of my favorites, too. I got to tell Christina about Tara. We oh, found out that best. it was basically like old antiquated mash that was yes. like where tarot came from Crazy. yeah poor eva came we saw eva last week when we were on tour and um poor eva had to sit there and listen to us tell her about the history of tarot because the episode hasn't come out yet um, it's also weird for eva to listen to rituals because yeah. she has nothing to do with it and so She's it's weird for about, her to just be a, an active listener it's very weird it, anyway yeah. Uh, so okay sorry so i have this cat's eye tarot i found it on the way upstairs because i was going to talk about how that was my favorite episode we've recorded and blah 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 and i was like oh how fun i'll just pick a little card for M. so <gasps> do you want to um pick, i don't know how to best do this but uh, look by the way look at the backs of them they have these cats, <laughs> cats. and i, I found it. this on the way upstairs and i was like i forgot i bought this with you i think eva was there too it was when we went to one of those witchy shops in kentucky when mm. you were visiting me and oh yeah bought, i bought a ouija board because <laughs> you still have mine and um and it's gonna stay here too christine um <laughs> okay my first gut instinct which is so weird was the eighth from the left okay this left or this left this you, one yes okay <laughs> this left or this left the eighth one two three four five six seven Oh, ooh la la. <laughs> what is it? Is it Vixen? What it's is it? The Empress. The Empress. The Hey, I didn't even put that together. But look, also, it looks like the picture is like a cat in a wedding dress or something. Oh, it's, no, it's just fluffy. It's just the Aristocats, basically, is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> the Empress. Okay. As I'm looking for the, the description, I just want to point out, too, like, after doing that uh, uh, episode, M brought me a wonderful gift and it was a uh a uh, an original tar like a circular rider weight original tarot deck it's it so was the one we had cool. like just talked about on yeah. rituals yeah and i've gotten just really excited about tarot again um oh my god one of them is called the hanged kitty i don't like that the hanged uh, oh, here, kitty. here we go keywords abundance protection the world of mystery does not beckon for this plush long-haired mother cat <laughs> meow her world is one of comfort and abundance okay sensual and lusty in her appetites <laughs> purr, purr. nurturing and protective of her kittens she's perfectly at home in her safe secure world uh a pampered queen okay we'll say it. amen <laughs> put the emojis of the like sparkles around that a pampered queen um and i will say it was upside down which i know means something and i don't know what it means is it i don't know but <laughs> means not a pampered queen means the opposite of a pampered queen um maybe i'm not lusty like i thought i was oh man that's a bummer hmm. um but yeah so in a reading it says uh buh, 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 it's it's in reference to an aspect of your life that's currently focused on mothering, not necessarily you mothering, but like a mother figure or somebody who 
feels like a mother figure in your life. Interesting. Um, well, also, my mom's birthday's this week. Oh, hey, that's true. Okay, and you did on tour. You did a lot of like. Uh, I made shout outs. I made a, a few venues shout happy birthday to my mother. It was very so. sweet. Yeah. Um, and also the last line just says this card suggests a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling of satisfaction, like a kitten safely curled up in the protective shadow of its mom. That's very oh, sweet. That's nice. Um, and the, the next one is Emperor, which I kind of wish you had gotten that because that would have been very funny. But I also love a pampered queen. So, well, um, if if Allison were here, she would just be still on the floor laughing. I just at feel how the accurate. eye roll from wherever she is right now. <laughs> I think she thinks I'm the biggest diva in the world because. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like to think in a lot of aspects of my life, I'm pretty laid back and chill. But then Allison, who has taken on the role of like being responsible, well, being responsible, whatever that means, of being the the priority person that I focus all my love and attention on and I demand the same back. And I'm like, hi, I, w- uh-huh. I would like love now. I would like attention, please. This card is making sense now. I'm seeing uh-huh. it. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. seeing it. And you know mm-hmm. what? Actually, that makes a little sense because she's actually been gone. I haven't seen her since we left for our own show. And then she's not coming back till the end of April, right when we leave again. So we're going like a month without seeing each other. And I have been very needy because oh, she's not around to give me attention. Great. Glad I'm on Zoom now. Hi. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Meow. Meow. <laughs> a pampered queen. Um, I'm really pleased about that. So thank you for playing along with me. But anyway that was my long away my long i, I love know, it is journey. that why you drink this week because you found a new deck of tarot yeah i am and i just found it a little paper bag on the stairs it felt kind of like a sign like i don't even remember it being there before and huh. um, now it's there and and we just released you know hopefully that episode's coming out soon and um i'm i'm newly into tarot into tarot wow. yeah tarot thanks to you and your narration <laughs> thank you um <laughs> All right. Well, is that is that it then? Should we yeah, get going? Yeah, that's it. Unless you have more uh, more exciting uh, kitty kitty news Not to kitty. share. Not kitty. Not kitty. I no. Hmm. The last three days, I'll say why I drink. I'm drinking water, by the way, today. Me too. Uh, hey. A hydrated queen. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I had like Fiji or something so I could be the pampered queen. But um, well, alas, neither of us do. So. Well, I got to be honest, since I came back, I don't know if, I don't know what, like, my environment, I don't know what's causing this, Uh but, um, no, but since I, since we came back, I don't know if it's just because, like, I don't have a lot of time to get things done before we're back on the road or something. I don't know if my brain chemistry has changed for (laughs) the better, but in the last three days, I think I've been more productive than I have in, like, 10 years. What? Really? I've been so fucking productive. Yeah. And you and I have done some like shockingly productive things over the past five years <laughs> that we did not ever expect ourselves to do. So that's impressive. It has felt like and like, by the way, I know I am currently not on Adderall, because if you listen back to the last episode, I'm currently trying to figure out what this, a doozy like, that episode was. It has not I even know. come out yet. Uh, it, as we're, as of recording, it comes out in a few hours. So we're going to be. <laughs> bombarded with also uh if people are writing out to me and i'm not responding my instagram also got shut down and i don't know why so that's, that's a whole thing right you're in jail so on there I, i'm in jail i posted a picture of allison like just standing and they were like we have removed your content you have broken community guidelines and now i can't log back on so you can't anyway, even log in i can't even log in anymore oh, that explains a lot i keep tagging you and things oh and then i tried to tag em and something on a comment and it was like 
you may not do this. And I was like, I can't even mention M in this comment. Yeah. You're like really in jail. And I reached out to like our manager and we have like people that work in PR that I, that I was like, does anyone know anyone on Instagram that can fix this? Because like one, I have sponsors that like I said I would post things for and like I can't. Awkward. Super fucking awkward. Uh, I like just want to like repost people coming to our live shows. I haven't been able to do that once. <laughs> so like it's Yikes. just been a real headache. So um then they were like, well, we don't, we don't, we don't know. Instagram stopped taking active requests. So, Jeez. so basically I'm just stuck not having an Instagram now, but, um, how did I get there? I don't remember. Anyway, I'm being, oh, so for people, people wondering, yeah. I know I'm not currently take, I was on Adderall and then they made me take it, uh, to stop taking it until I figure out my heart stuff. Cause they don't want to give me recreational speed until they know that my irregular Aww, high man. rate heart, heartbeat is okay. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's causing it, but I've just been so stinking productive in the last three days. I scheduled like 15 different appointments and stuff. Like I had, like, I figured out all my health insurance stuff. I have, have been you... getting stuff done to my car. I went to the post office. I have been cooking and showering every day and what? waking up at 8am. What? I know. And when I have ordered food delivered, it's been healthy every time. Also love that, like, Em's like, I'm waking up at 8 a.m. And I'm like, really? I feel like if I go back to our text chain, like, there are just times where I'm like, Em is AWOL. But I guess Em's at the <laughs> because I've been office. so It's because I've been doing so much other, like, I've been focusing on getting so many things done. I haven't even been near my phone. Like, so I've been, and like, not, also, maybe it's because I'm not on Instagram. Like, maybe because, like, I'm not oh using God, social media. Oh, my God, that was it? <laughs> I don't um, know. I'm but also anyway. kidding because I totally didn't respond to like three of your texts last night. But um, I wanted to also ask you, this is something you do not have to tell me, but are you like, are you on any new medications for the heart Mm-mm. thing or anything? Like it's, not yet. it couldn't be like a side effect of that. Wow. Um, yesterday I got an echocardiogram and tomorrow I get um, fit for a heart monitor. Oh my and gosh. And then... Uh, and that's currently it. They up my propranolol while I'm on tour. But I mean, you have seen me backstage on shows where like, I still think I'm going to die no matter how medicated I am. That's correct. Um, so it's currently there's a lot of band-aids while they f- monitor it, but they don't really know what to do yet. Well, I'm so. proud of you for being productive. That's very exciting. I, I know I, I love that feeling when that happens on the rare occasion that it happens. Me too. I, mean, I also have been getting, I, here's the crazy thing. Uh, I have, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I spent like six hours on this yesterday. I can send it to you later if you'd like to see my chaos, but I came out with a whole Excel sheet of all of my medical history, <gasps> all of the doctors that I have. Here's the categories that I have for each doctor. I have the doctor, their address and contact information, notes about my medical history with them, including dates of appointments. I have my family history that's relevant to them listed, things I need to address for my next appointment, current medications, current diagnoses, and my next appointment coming up. Also, my last appointment that I had with them and any notes that they gave me during that appointment. And I did it for like 10 different doctors. And then I have like a list of all these other doctors I still need to call and their phone numbers. And anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I found a tarot deck and opened it up hey! so all right you, you know what i think we're even <laughs> so anyway sorry for making this even longer than necessary but i uh i'm very proud of you that's very impressive thank you my mental health is like for once at 100 so it's very weird <laughs> oh shit 
it'll come crashing down, I'm sure. Okay. Anyway, back <laughs> on to goats because we've been talking for like 25 minutes. And that's why we drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This is a very juicy one, but here's my problem, Christine. I swear I've covered this before. I swear I've covered this before. Interesting. I like when this happens because it, it gives a glimpse into like our kind of Mandela effect approach. Each of us like the way we see the world. Yeah, That's well, dramatic. It, That's so dramatic. I don't know why, but. I kind of loved it. Thanks. But um, I, I looked everywhere. I looked through all of the episode lists that we have on our website. By the way, you can use that sometime if you ever want to because I worked really hard on it. And. <laughs> Uh, it's nowhere. I, but I know, not only do I know that I've read this research and it seemed familiar, but it got to a point where in the research, I was guessing what was going to happen next. And it did. I watched different TV shows to get more information on it. And I had already seen the episodes and I know I wouldn't have watched them if it weren't for research. So like, I've definitely covered this before and I can't find it anywhere. So, um, maybe I covered it on like a wine and crime or. Okay. Well, what is it? Maybe so this is the. Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota. I've heard of Palmer, but I think, did you do a different Palmer? 
I've certainly done this, Palmer. I just don't know where. And I feel like you're going to recognize some of the things I say, too. Because there were things that I saw in my research where then I, like, would write, like, a side note of, like, something to comment when I got to that point in the story. And I was like, I've written this comment before. <laughs> so, like, I've definitely covered... If, if anyone knows what episode number it is or where I've done this before, can you please let me know? Because I feel like I'm losing my mind. And it's... Palmer. And it's not It's not on our episode list. Weird. Okay, I don't... I recognize the name, but I don't know if that's just, like, some other place I've heard of or not. So maybe if, if you start and I recognize it, I'll tell you. Okay. Also, by the way, it was I looked through like my own documents on my computer to see if I've covered it before, and apparently I never fucking saved the document. So it was a real pain in the ass having to redo all these notes that I that know I've done. Blows. <laughs> I don't. It might be on a hard drive somewhere. Okay, so this is the Palmer House Hotel, and I would like to start with a quote, my favorite quote from this episode of Ghost Adventures, where Zach Bagans, before he uh, started investigating, he saw a rainbow, and he quoted. I don't think we're hunting leprechauns on this lockdown. <laughs> and some PA was like, please make a note to cut that out in the final edit. Uh, <laughs> and then a different PA was like, we will certainly be putting it in. We have to put it in. Um, that's good. Okay. So this is in uh, is a historic hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota. It is on the National Register of Historic Places since 1982. It is still in business as a hotel, restaurant, and pub, which it has been since the beginning. Um, so it all started in 1863. That's how long this building yeah, did. here. So <laughs> the, it was originally called the sock center house and it was a boarding house and low key, a brothel. Um, oh, ooh la la. I think it was a lustful kitty cat. No, um, <laughs> no hardworking kitty cat who did not deserve whatever treatment. Yeah, they were lustful given. probably the other way around. Right. Yeah. The exact opposite. What's the card? Um, it was upside down. The reversed. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe the uh, what was it? Where was it? Oh, brothel, of course. This was also the city's first version of a hotel, or I say version of a hotel because it was a boarding house and brothel, but it was the first place in town that people stayed at. Okay. Um, four years later, it was uh, bought out and it became known as the Minnesota House, mm-hmm. and very quickly it changed owners again and again, and eventually became the Apfeld House. I'm just thinking Minnesota. This could very well be a wine and crime thing. It might be. You know what I mean? I literally even checked our book. I was like, did I write about this in our book? That would have uh, been fun. It would have been. Um, spoiler alert. I'm so sorry. This did not make the book. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it, it's got to be somewhere. Uh, and it wasn't our notes for our live show we did in Minnesota either. So It could very well have been on one of the episodes we did on their show, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It is Minnesota, so that's why I think Wine and Crime, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it changed hands a lot uh, from 1863 to, uh, I think, within the first few years, it changed a lot. And by the time it was called the Atfield House, in, on June 26th in 1900, the building burned down. Oh, no. I don't know if it was the Apfield house at the time that it burned down or if it had just been bought by someone else and then it burned down. It was kind of confusing to follow how many owners this building had. But at any rate, it burned down in 1900 and locals were allegedly happy that it burned down because it was such a stain on the town as a brothel and like a saloon and all that. So um, there was also rumors that the fire was actually intentional. So the town didn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. 
If you're um, happy about a fire, you're going to be a suspect, I imagine. And I will say there were no injuries in the fire. So maybe well, that's good. That, w- that helped people not seem suspicious when they were happy, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was that fire in 1900, which is the most famous of them all. But there were a few other fires on the property. So in 1873, there was a fire when it was a barn from a cigar sitting in a hay bale. Nice. Oh, boy. Um, another time was in 1885. Uh, there, it's an unknown cause for how it happened, but there was a fire. And then in 1905, there was another fire where apparently eight staff members and <gasps> boarders all jumped from the window. <gasps> And I think they jumped from the window onto a trampoline and survived because after all those fires, still no deaths. Oh, good. Okay. 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 I mean, traumatizing, but at least I'm glad they survived. Yes. So in 1901, so right after it was burned down, I guess the city was like, do we rebuild or like, what do we do with this property? And I saw something where like the city was like offering money to someone like a stipend or something to buy out the property. I don't totally know what happened, but at any rate, R.L. Palmer in 1901 ended up buying the burnt out building and rebuilding (laughs) and lived there with his wife, Christina. Hey. And their kids, Hazel and Carlisle. And then also Christina's mom and brother, Renata and Alex. Um, Oh my God, you really just threw me for a loop there. (laughs) I was like, that, I should remember that. That is bananas. (laughs) So the reason that they decided to buy it out is they were like, well, let's make it another boarding house or let's at least make it a hotel for traveling salesmen because this property is only a block from the train station. So this is Mm. about to be hippin', hoppin', and happenin'. That's right. And it was also, fun fact, one of the first buildings in the state, maybe the country, to have indoor plumbing and indoor and outdoor electricity. Oh, So if you were a traveling salesman and you wanted the ritzy experience, you'd want to go to the place with electricity and toilets and right next to the train. If you're a pampered princess or pampered. I wouldn't go anywhere else. And that's a fact. Um, They also had a really large lobby for parlor games. They had a restaurant. They had a pub. Basically, they were trying to turn it into like a very fancy one stop shop where if you were in town for business, the only place you needed to be was there. I'm sure I would not have been welcome there, but it sounds like a fun time. You know, like I, if I, I were like I would bring my tip my cat tarot for the parlor game and be like, <laughs> step aside. They would take one look at my female voice and my short hair and there'd be a shootout or something. I don't know. Uh, and I'd they be would... holding the tarot cards like, wait, no, <laughs> we're just trying to have some fun. <laughs> um so yeah, so they ended up having a, a big lobby. So that way not only uh travelers would come here but also it was so fancy and one of the only places again with plumbing and electricity that even just townspeople would gather there so it was kind of just a place that everyone was bustling so some people think that the palmer house uh remember it burnt down and then they rebuilt so some people think that the palmer house is actually sitting on the original foundations from the sock center house which might explain some of the ghosts that like see mm -hmm. So, fun fact, um, Arthur, no, not Arthur, author, uh, oh God, this is so stupid because he's a famous person, author Sinclair Lewis. <laughs> See, this is the kind of, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is the kind of thing, um, if you're not into it, maybe check out Rituals because right. while- It's so polished over there. <laughs> while we record, I know, <laughs> polished is not a word you ever thought you'd associate with our names or voices, but 
while we are recording, we have a wonderful producer, Jonathan, who will literally just be in the background and then hop in and be like, hey, Christine, uh, actually, it's pronounced this way. Or can you can you guys just say that line one more time so we have like a clean... And it's he'll, so he'll nice. interrupt us and be like, um, yeah, you're gonna have to do that part all over. But in such <laughs> a nice like, way that like yeah. it doesn't feel like we're being we're definitely being like coached in a way that we shouldn't have to be after five years of podcasting. But like it's really nice to have somebody uh who's kind of just like ding dong. Like, um <laughs> It's very nice. I guess they're they must be editing on the fly for him to be like, I know this isn't gonna fucking land. So <laughs> Or he can just take one listen and be like, Yeah, start out take two. <laughs> yeah, this is not uh, up to our our caliber like that's his author not arthur i can read that let's do it again <laughs> so author sinclair lewis was actually so fun fact sock center was his uh boyhood hometown is this sock like like a like a sock on your foot pronounced like sock spelled s-a-u-k oh that's not what i pictured okay and I think center is also the S-E-N-T-R-E bullshit. S-E-N? Sorry, C-E-N. Oh, 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 center. Uh, center. Like, center. Like, a, like oh, beautiful. Like a shoppy, like a shop, shop hey. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. Okay, yeah. okay I get it. <laughs> it's like instead of bakery, they're going like patisserie. And I'm like, okay, Whoa. relax. Now I'm relax. just throwing French around left and right. So anyway, sock center but i'm sure it was like something much fancier at one time <laughs> and i know it's pronounced sock center because at one point there was a diner there or it's now called nick's diner but at one point it was a different restaurant and they called it the sock hop now see that i would okay i'm so glad you said that because as you were telling me about how to actually spell sock i was like there's so much room for fun <laughs> nicknames for fun punny restaurants i'm so pleased about this well apparently nick bought him out so. wait yeah wait well what the heck nick, nick was like i'd rather put my name up there yeah nick. <laughs> he was like i want something much more creative than sock hop how about nick's diner <laughs> um and only so sinclair lewis not only is sock center his childhood hometown but he actually worked at the palmer hotel he was a night clerk and a bellboy there wow. he apparently got quote hired and fired multiple times lol um, and allegedly I only saw this in one place, but allegedly he had a secret hideaway that he'd run off to in the basement to write poems. That um, sounds like something I would do and get fired for my job at the library because I yeah. was hiding and writing poems. I wonder why he was getting fired. I wonder if like we're trying to just turn it into a creative thing of like, oh, he was just working so hard on being a famous author one day. I don't know. It's but, kind of a cute little, I like it. But here's the thing. As we go on to the ghosts, you're going to find out that if he had a secret hideaway in the basement to write poems, you will realize no one would have ever wanted to be in the basement alone. So I see. So I don't know how true that is. Mm -hmm. um, fun fact, though, he did use this hotel as inspiration for the Minimashi house, Minimashi house in his 1920 novel novel. What's wrong with me? In his 1920 <laughs> novel called Main Street, and the whole town in that book is apparently also inspired by Sock Center. How fun! Which is fun. If I were to write a book that was exclusively about one town, because we just wrote a book about many towns, <laughs> uh, I would absolutely use Fredericksburg as my inspiration. And I you would name you would name the restaurant the Sock Hop. Hmm. Fred. Fredericks. You'd name it Fred's Diner. <laughs> i'm trying to think of a fun fredericksburg is oh, like kind fredericks of fredericks burgers 
That's true. We have we have seen many a Fredericksburger on a menu in our town. Oh, okay. So. Well, so I'm not that clever. All right, I, I'll work. We'll on shop that. it. We'll shop it. We'll, we'll shop, shop it. it. Um, but yeah. So fun fact: the Minimashi House. I hope I'm saying that right. Minimashi House was uh, inspired by the Palmer Hotel. So originally, the building had 25 to 30 guest rooms and one shared bathroom. Super. I'm already in hell. But uh, <laughs> then. At the Palmer House, I guess, was getting older. It started looking rough. Um, during Prohibition, liquor was sold here in the basement, so that kept up some revenue, I think. Um, I, I think that also caused rumors that there's tunnels under the ground. Mm. Could also be if there was a hideaway in the basement Sinclair Lewis was using, maybe it went down to the tunnels. I oh, maybe. And they'd pass him while he's writing a poem, like with their rum running, like passing with liquor, bootleg. And he's now like, that's oh, a crossover. Sorry. I'm just writing a haiku. Don't mind me. It's uh, the the real juxtaposition between good and evil, I guess. Beautiful, right? Uh, in 1916, the hotel's new owners expanded the building. And so I think it might have still only had one bathroom at the time. I hope not if you're really going to put that much money into renovating. And then uh, time traveling to 1974, the Palmer House Hotel started growing even bigger because two men decided that they were going to restore it. And... During this time, this was one of the first mentions of the hotel having ghosts mm. um, because one of the two men who decided to restore it, he started writing about spirits being there. Okay. So I, I do want to say that was in 1974 that apparently we have the first documented ghosts. But I am going to tell a story in a couple bullets here that implies there were ghosts earlier than that. So um, in 1993, the building was remodeled again with its new owners at the time and still current owners as far as i know uh in 1993 it was bought by the freeze family and they remodeled the whole place to go down from like 30 rooms down to 19 much bigger rooms oh. and they all had their own individual bathrooms so nice. thank you for making that call all right now m uh emperor m will show up all <laughs> pampered and will finally be happy emperor there's um, a lot that's happening and i'm there's hesitant. a lot of chaotic energy happening I'm, I'm today hesitantly on board for now <laughs> hesitantly on board is really like <laughs> my constant feeling that's how we feel most of the time on this show uh where okay so then in 2002 the palmer house once again stood empty and threatened to be condemned i feel like i gave the wrong year because the freeze family has had the, it since the 90s and they have still been there Hmm. I think that was, I used the wrong date. And then because I thought it's a 2002, I moved it to a different place. Excuse me. Sorry. Before the nineties, it once stood empty and was threatened to be condemned. And then in 1993, the freeze family came in and remodeled it. Blah, 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 blah. Now it has bathrooms. Now it has bathrooms. So, uh, income Brett and Kelly freeze. And apparently they bought it originally with another couple, but then they ended up backing out or selling their share. Um, so now it's just Brett and Kelly freeze and, uh, they've had the place ever since they host paranormal events here and mm. they even held their first lecture here in 2008. And it seems like Kelly is much more attached than Brett because anytime there has been an interview or media, like any press about this house, 
I think I've seen Brett once and I saw Kelly the entire time or all the quotes were from her. Right. Um, and she feels very committed to sticking with this house, no matter how dark and sinister it gets. So I personally feel like there's a bit of an attachment issue happening there. Um, because things get really fucking scary and she is not moving. She is very committed to staying. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said earlier, there's no documented deaths inside this building, but there are some rumored deaths on the property as well as reports of death nearby that could be contributing to the ghosts. Um, one is that all the way back in the early 18, I think it was 1890, uh, someone bought the house who he was originally a soldier and he was a part of like one of the bloodier battles that ended up being, um, his what was his name cassius sprague was his name and i guess he was a soldier that was involved in one of the bloodiest battles uh and he was also involved in the worst mass execution in (gasps) our history where 38 native americans were hanged (gasps) yeah um as in he was like one of the perpetrators of this oh he was not on the right side of history no oh yikes okay um there are rumors if you watch the dead files episode he may or may not be the evil spirit that resides here wow um and that's all we really know about him except that he ended up selling the house to the palmers later and making a bunch of money on it but um yeah not a good guy And I think the idea is that because he just came with such negative energy when he bought the house, maybe some of that energy stayed. I don't totally know. Or maybe he died there and he was so evil in real life that he's now his evil is haunting the house today. Yeah. Um, Maybe he was attached to it like Kelly is and and came back. Maybe. Maybe. Especially because if that were in the 1890s, there are hints of ghosts being there. No before, even before then. So I know I said earlier that in 1974 is the first documented ghost stories, uh-huh. but there is rumors that there were ghosts at least into the set into the 1870s. Cool. Because there was one guy that worked there um, who was terrified of the ghosts at the hotel, according uh, allegedly. So. Wow. There, so in theory, there were ghosts even then, which is wild because what would a ghost look like in 1870? Like, were they haunting you exactly the same or have they gotten more creative in the last 200 years or what? Interesting. Like, is it the same thing? Now, when we see like an old timey ghost, we see them a lot of times like from the 1800s. So yeah. So like, that, what were they seeing? Yeah. Like what, what was the old timey was like the, I don't know. And I will never know this, but who was the oldest, who was the very first apparition ever seen? And what mm. did that person look like? Like a pirate? Like, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> A, co- a co- little pilgrim? I don't know. <laughs> there were definitely Obviously, people well before pilgrims. I know, but... my shitty American education. But um, um, in I my like... head, if I were going to be haunted in America, I feel like, I don't know, natives, I suppose? I don't know. I don't know. I also... Well, anyway. Oh, go ahead. It also makes me wonder if, like, um, spirits across different cultures are the same you know what i mean like do they mm-hmm. haunt in the same way like maybe certain mm. cultures perceive spirits in afterlife in a certain way and that like manifests in their own yeah way and we we see it differently i don't know well also remember there was that chunk of england where like or i don't know if it was specifically england but i feel like there was a time 
and a place where there was a huge, uh, it was just all reports of like just random knocking on walls. That was like the whole thing. Like, I think it was during like the <laughs> Jeff, the talking mongoose era. I feel like I went through a, an air, like a part of, and that's why we drink where every story I covered was from the same time period in the same location. And they were all the same type of haunts. And so now I'm like, were they faking it? Or was that a cultural thing? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So in 1870, the guy that worked, uh, at the hotel who was scared of the ghosts, even mm-hmm. thin, this is where the story gets pretty fucked up. And this is where I knew that I have done the notes before. Cause I made the same comments that I'm about to make. Okay. So in 1870, this guy who worked there, he was also a freed slave named Mose and he lived on the property and also worked on the property. He was terrified of the ghosts. Um, that were in this hotel and the story I heard, not the story I'm have yet to translate for you. The story I heard is that, uh, some of the local people who knew he was scared of ghosts dressed up like ghosts and chased him out of the hotel one day as a prank. Wow. How hilarious the way I'm taking it, which is a complete guess and there is no proof, but I have a feeling that that is a very whitewashed version of there were racist people who didn't like a freed slave there and they dressed up in white. Do you in catch my drift? White sheets that and, have holes in the eyes. <laughs> yeah. And chased him out of the building. It sounds like that is a very plausible thing that could have happened. Yeah, at the very least, um, there are parallels that cannot be ignored, is what I would say. So That is the truth. And so... Also, that makes me wonder, were there ghosts in the 1870s he was scared of? Or was this part of the story that got telephoned to us? Interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, he ended up running away and he was so scared to come back. Which, by the way, like, I know it was 1870, but he could see they were people dressed in sheets. So he would know they weren't ghosts and be too scared to go back. Yeah. And yet he was too scared to go back. Right. That says something for sure. Yeah. To a point where he chose instead to sleep outside in the cold and rain that night. Cool. Great. And came back the next day, very sick and died on the property. So you tell me what happened. (sighs) Nothing fucking good. Nothing good. So, um, anyway, that's, it's a very different story than what, uh, I think happened, but what year was that? That was 1870. It was five years after the Emancipation Proclamation. So you tell me. I'm not gonna, because I don't have the authority to, but I don't like any of it. So I'll tell Mm -hmm. you that much. And so in 1929, another death near the property was Jason Rosenberger, uh, which to me, someone named Jason in the 1920s is silly. That is a weird combo. Feels like a millennial name. Jason. So uh, he was a cop who was working next door. And one night, I guess while on the job, I guess he got confronted by someone. He ended up getting shot in his eye. (gasps) And uh, the death feels like a cover up because they were saying it was like his like an accident on his end, like with his own gun. But like, I guess the bullet didn't match his gun or something. So it feels like a cover up. Um, And also, I feel like. The 1920s in Minnesota, wasn't that like, that was like mobster territory, right? I feel like something could have happened with a cop. I'm not sure. I really don't know much about Minnesota history. Well, 1920s was prohibition, right? So I feel like there was, 
definitely some shady stuff going on. So I feel like something in Minnesota was happening with gangsters. I don't know why I would know that, but so anyway, he ends up getting shot in the eye and then all of a sudden his murder was completely covered up. Um, and he died 500 feet from the property. And the last person to see him alive was a night clerk at the hotel. Jesus. Okay. In the 1950s, uh, there was a man who allegedly hanged himself in the bar by jumping off of the pool table. Oh, and he was found the next morning. And oh. then in this, I think it was the 70s or 80s, where another person allegedly died upstairs uh, by When suicide. was the alleged hanging? The 50s. Okay. Um, so those are the only deaths that we, that are, have circulated enough that they may or may not be true. Okay. Um, and so now it's just the ghosts. So... When Brett and Kelly first bought the place, they were not local, so they didn't know the history of the building. They didn't even know the place might be haunted. Uh, they only found out later when locals started telling them, yeah, this place is probably really fucking haunted. Interesting. Um, and they heard it after things had been happening to them, but they hadn't said anything publicly. And so then all these locals were kind of confirming. That, That's telling, yeah, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you and I would buy a house and be like. This house is hella haunted. Let's buy it. I would buy a brand new house and be like, there's <laughs> hundreds of ghosts here. I know. <laughs> um, so when they first got the place, they needed to do some like basic maintenance. So Kelly's father decided to stay there um, and do maintenance throughout the day and the night um, just to get things started for them. So he was staying at the hotel by himself. And pretty much right away, he started hearing, quote, someone roaming around upstairs right above uh, rooms 18 and 19. Uh, who would have heavy footsteps pacing before it sounded like someone sat on the bed. <sighs> and to a point where he was convinced that Kelly had rented other rooms out and didn't tell him. Oh, you know, and I feel like it's always so undersold or not undersold necessarily, but it it's so much scarier than it sounds to hear footsteps. Like, mm -hmm. like growing up at my dad's house, constantly heard footsteps up and down the stairs, which were right outside my house. I mean, outside my bedroom. And there is something so petrifying about being like somebody is walking up the stairs toward my bedroom. You know, I'm like, I remember terrifying. I remember as a kid, the first couple of times I stayed home alone, I was already on edge. And I don't know what happened, but the like wall of suitcases that we had all came crashing down by themselves. No. And for all I know, something slipped or whatever. But I remember thinking someone broke into this fucking house and my what am I going to do? I'm 12. That's so fear. It's like it's it's either a real person or it's like some fucking ghost. And it's like, neither one is good. Yeah. It's like, which are you hoping it is at that point? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, there's really, you're totally right. There's something really, uh, eerie, dark, uh, about n knowing something. It, you feel completely like gaslit of like, like yes, yes. I'm I like know helpless. I'm hearing this. I know yes. I'm hearing this. Yes. Boy. Uh, so one day, uh, they're working at the hotel and a stranger approaches Kelly and says that she had a dream of this place and oh that boy. a man came to her and said it was time for his story to be told. Oh boy. And basically, and that she was weirdly descriptive about her dream and said that there was a body under the stairs. Oh my God. So Kelly, I don't know, was open-minded enough that later that day she went down to the stairs in the basement and used a spoon from the kitchen and started digging and she found rib bones. No. Uh, she didn't get to find out if they were human or animal, but she went to go grab a box or she went to go 
tell her husband or something. Basically, when she came back, they were gone. What? She never found them again. They were gone. They were gone. Uh-oh. So I don't know if the ghosts like made them vanish because oh, they finally... my rib. I've been looking for that. Right. Thank like, you. <laughs> did they like fade away because they'd finally been found and their story was told? Or did he like shove them back into the hiding place? Did he put them somewhere else? Especially if ghosts are known to like make things disappear and then show up in random spots. Imagine you just wake up and there's oh, like a rib bone God's on your toilet. sake. There's just like a rib in the hallway. Yeah. Um, what if you got ribs delivered and then he snuck one of the ribs the onto ribs. your plate? forget it in the ribs okay but my other thought is you thought ghost i was thinking like is somebody in the fucking tunnels like oh yeah see (laughs) this is why i'm team ghost and you're team true crime i know (laughs) so uh anyway here are now just a list of all the things that people have experienced with ghosts um by the way i also told that story first to maybe hint at like maybe she had disturbed remains you know sure okay or well, to be fair maybe, he was like hey go find my remains right that's what i'm kind of thinking too i'm like did she do the right thing or the wrong thing i wonder well he said my story needs to be told so i'm like i feel like it just gave me more questions right like, like your story, story only became more muddled to me hmm. like like because of all the potential rumored deaths we've heard of didn't know about ribs no didn't Maybe it was like a prohibition thing. Like someone got killed in the tunnels that are also may or may not be there. I don't totally understand. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, as for all the ghost stuff, it's a list, my friends. So people smell cigar smoke in one of the rooms. They feel random breezes in the middle of a room that doesn't have a draft. Spirits will show up in pictures. Furniture will move on its own. Uh, Sometimes people have seen it move by itself Hmm. instead of just hearing it. Equipment malfunctions or drains its own batteries and will turn itself on and off, including like audio recorders and cameras. So if you're there to investigate, it will just shut all your shit off, Mm-mm. which is like a, an investigator's worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, ima- I imagine that would not be ideal. Can you imagine you put in all the work to like research and set up and investigate and that place? Everything. And then you and then you go check all the footage and it's just a black screen and you're like, well, that was for nothing. I mean, as people who worked in TV, like that's a nightmare whether they're ghosts or not, you know? Oh, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> people get touched, stroked, poked, pinched, slapped, shoved, oh. their hair yanked, snuggled, Ooh. and people feel paralyzed. Ooh. As in they cannot move when they feel something dark is in the room with them. Okay. People have experienced overwhelming sadness and just started crying for no reason, have been like inconsolable. Mm. People have felt um, pressure on their chest and tightness, like they're having a hard time breathing, like someone's sitting on their chest. Mm. Um, One guy felt something cuddle him in bed and then run their fingertips on his chest. And as the fingertips were stroking his chest, he said it felt, quote, like being shocked by an electric fence. What? Oh, that's very intense. So it's like uh, it's like the worst of both because you're getting cuddled and held while also being electrocuted. So like and of what? course, he said he felt paralyzed and couldn't get away. Of course. Um, multiple people have felt something push on the back of their knees so they'll fall. <laughs> um even on stairs oh wait that's not funny that's not funny no 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 (laughs) as we laugh um (laughs) (laughs) it's only funny now that i I know they're okay so it is a little funny it's funny when 
We know it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not funny. It's not funny, and I'm not although, laughing. Although I will say it was like a really good prank in college. I don't know on why. On the but stairs? It, not on the stairs. Oh, the yeah. Stairs. Anywhere else I find it quite hilarious. But the stairs <laughs> is like mm, a little much. It was a little much. Uh, people have gotten straight up jumped by something. Oh, God. Not funny. That one's not funny. No. Um, especially in the basement. Uh, some people have potentially even been possessed. So in the Ghost Adventures episode, oh, yeah. which that's, is season. I knew that's where we were going. Mm-hmm. On Discovery Plus, it was season eight, episode four. But I don't know. I've had issues with Discovery Plus having accurate episode numbers. The different so, numbers. Yeah. So on Discovery Plus, it's eight, four. Uh, they actually show the clip of that investigator who got possessed during their own night there. I thought you were going to say it was ZB got possessed. That's where I thought we were going. No, but they showed the clip and had the investigator on the show. Oh, and the investigator was very scared. I'm not, I'm a kid. It would have freaked me the fuck out if it were the middle of the night and this happened. The investigator was not blinking like wide eyes and kept muttering you need to talk to me. The dogs are down here and I've got to take care of them. Ooh, I just got goose camp. It's even creepier when you realize that the Palmer's son, there's some mention on some sources that he used to take care of dogs down in the basement. Oh, shit. Carlisle? Carlisle. Oh. Uh, they even, so they talked to her and she said she felt like she could see it happening, almost like an astral projection, but she couldn't control it at all. Oh no. Um, and then they bring her down to the basement where it happened. And then when they have like one of the meters next to her, it was a Mel meter. Uh, when they had it anywhere near her, it started spiking and making that high pitched noise. And as they got closer and closer, it started getting like to be a higher and higher pitch. And eventually they just handed her the machine and it was like off the fucking charts <gasps> the whole time. It wasn't just like a chirp. It no. stayed on at a high pitch until they gave it back. Oh no. Um, so it's almost like something is inside of her or stayed yeah, with what? her yeah, or, or like at least uh, remembered her around her. Or, yeah. Yikes. I don't know. They were into her energy, I guess. Um, <laughs> what a nice pickup line. energy (laughs) and uh but yeah so she it was that was really fucking scary to be honest and yeah um the one that is evil in the basement is alleged well i don't know if it's the one that's evil in the basement but there is an evil one allegedly named raymond uh on dead files they called him skeleton face yikes (laughs) and so they think he's the one that is jumping people so god Kelly, who owns the place, says that she's gotten jumped uh, by Raymond in the basement. Uh, Here's a quote. It was like I could see somebody with a dark cape come up to me. And in the next instant, I had a hard time swallowing. I just felt a choking sensation around my neck. But I kept saying out loud, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Oh, I'd be like, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'd be like, girl, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Raymond, girl, Rolex, I'm out of your hair. You can have this basement back. Ray, it's time to go. Um, Ray, honey, take your rib. I'm not. I don't want it. uh, And so uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and then on Dead Files, apparently the medium was also experiencing like she kept saying like he's trying to jump me and i'm not letting him but he's trying to attack me like he did kelly oh geez um and then other people that they interviewed have also said that they felt like they were getting jumped by this thing like if you go to the basement you just don't know if you're going to get attacked like it feels like a man is attacking you like that at all at all at all 
People also have had mood swings, especially the staff who have to be there all the time. Um, they get irritable with each other. Um, people get nauseous. They have headaches. Sometimes they have flu-like symptoms that just come and go in that day. Mm. Uh, kitchen items will move on their own. Trays will be found in different places. A mixing bowl flew 10 feet across the room. Mm. In the bar, glasses will fly around. They have smashed on site, and they you can hear clinking throughout the room. A glass bottle has also exploded on its own, and silverware always changes position or goes missing to a point yeah. where staff don't even put out silverware anymore, or if they do, it's right before people sit down. Wow. <laughs> they're like, keep your eye on this. Yeah. They like, they're like, missing. they're like, without question, the silverware will always that go missing or rearrange itself. So weird. And, you know, the other day, my, well, this morning, my stepdad came over and said, you know, we found one of your forks and spoons in our driveway. And I was like, Oh, what? Was like, yeah, we found one of your forks and spoons in our driveway. And um, like normally, I mean, not normally, but some might say, oh, wow, how spooky. I say. Did you I just know, drop it out of your purse? Uh, well. <laughs> like your social security card? Entirely possible. However, I also have a 17-year-old sister who likes to snack at my house. And uh -huh. I guess sometimes decides she wants to take her snacks on the road. Now, I can't seem to figure <laughs> out what she was eating with a fork and a spoon in her car that then ended up in the driveway. But the only thing I can think of that you eat, eat with a fork and a spoon is spaghetti. Have you had spaghetti recently in her car? Like, like while I've she's eaten driving? Some, I hate to say it, but I am a complex eater when I drive. So uh, me too. But like, if I'm eating spaghetti, you better believe I'm just shoveling it in a car. Okay. I'm, yeah, that's I'm true. Like, I'm not, I'm I don't like, care about etiquette I don't at that care point. About the etiquette or whatever. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like the spoon Maybe and the fork it was may have two been different, different instances. Yeah. And then at one day she was like, I don't want this in my car. So I guess I'll put it on the floor, which sounds like a very me thing to do. I'll keep this Runs here the family. on the ground for now. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, so when you said like silver going missing, I'm like, hmm, how intriguing. It's and just I, Francisca the whole time. She's just like eating snacks, Takis uh, with a fork, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, so I just thought of that. But I always do wonder because I feel like in these stories, a lot of times it maybe silverware is easy for spirits to manipulate because I feel like. It happens a lot where silverware like moves or goes missing. Maybe it's light enough. Yeah, I also maybe it's wonder small. like and metal. It's metal. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe there's something like there's a material property to it that makes it mm. easier for them to, to touch or that they're drawn to. Like you know how dowsing rods like they can get drawn to that. I wonder if Yes, like oh I just bought a new set of anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Um but yeah, like copper, I know that that's a yeah. strong anyway. Just or maybe talk. they're like they're like moths and it's just shiny. Shiny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so people also hear screaming, moaning, growling, whispering, cussing, their own names being called, all types of voices, male, woman, uh, male, female, children. Um, they hear something mimicking their coworkers when That's they're alone. Gross. Many employees have heard their name getting called in another room when they're the one closing for the night. <laughs> People can hear knocking on the walls and the doors, children playing in the hallway late at night when no children are staying at the house. No. Um, people have heard a kid's ball bouncing down the hallway many times. That's like a very common one. People Weird. have straight up heard explosions. What? Like a bomb went off. I'm wondering if that was like, if it was from like gangster saloon brothel time, maybe it was a gunshot that they're hearing. Oh, maybe when you showed up and they were like, what did you say earlier? Then a gun... Oh, a guy got shot in the eye. 
Oh, that too. But I meant when you were um, you were like, if I showed up with my voice oh, and my it, hair, a shootout. Yeah, they, <laughs> I walked in with short hair, and then you heard the phantom explosion of shootout. people's minds blowing up. I also wonder with the explosion sound. Um, I already lost. Oh, with the fire, like oh. maybe during a fire, like things like pop and explode, and I don't know. yeah. And also there's that one mysterious fire. So for all we know, like it was something made up go boom, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So there's also people get a lot of EVPs. Some that I found in different outlets were you little boy, <sighs> which there is a little boy people claim to see. Okay. Do you like me? Not really. Get lost. Okay. <laughs> Want you whore. Oh, <gasps> mm. woof that's bad in a turn of events there's also a female evp of someone saying happy birthday to a guest on her birthday really that one i like well that's lovely uh i'm wondering if that is the ghost named lucy because she apparently hates men and the guest was a woman so i will talk about lucy in a second but i like to think maybe it was her i I do too why not Or or a kid or something um People feel, and also, like, are you shocked that any of the female spirits don't like men if this used to be a brothel? So, <laughs> And if pe- somebody is also saying whore or whatever, yeah, yeah, clearly they're not having a great time with whoever that is. So uh, maybe they just saw that there was, like, a girl's weekend on someone's birthday, and she was like, I'm here for the fun. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, girl. Have fun. Um, so people feel drawn to certain areas. One person was drawn down the hallway and then heard a voice say, come here. No, but... <laughs> First of all, you're already being drawn. You don't need to say it out loud. Like, I'm already (laughs) coming. Right. We don't need a a full 4D experience. (laughs) Um, 4D experience. A surround sound experience. Dolby Digital. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, people feel, oh yeah, people feel drawn to the area. Employees have quit because their mood shifts have been so strong and they get super irritable. People get angry. People get sick for no reason. All of the rooms can get either scorching hot and or ice cold within mm. minutes of each other. One ta- uh, one investigative team actually got a range in one room alone. In a span of 20 minutes, the room went from 65 degrees to negative one. Sorry, negative one? Yeah, goodbye. Like zero wasn't good enough. Okay. <laughs> like we're going to uh, go right past. <laughs> wow. Uh, faucet water will change its own temperature. Toilets will flush on their own. Bathroom floors get mysteriously wet. Heavy phantom items will drop in the shower. So you'll think like a full bottle of shampoo fell in the shower and there's nothing there. That's weird. That's really weird. Remotes, phones, and keys will all go missing. Lights and TVs will flicker by themselves. Mm. Uh, books have been known to open and close themselves when you leave the room. Mm Mm-mm. The lobby lamps will turn on by themselves. The gas fireplace and the pub will light itself even that's when not, it's not even when it's not functional. That's not oh, and also not safe. And super not safe. You would think like after four fires, these ghosts would figure it out. Honestly. Uh, a door and a broom have both been leaning on a wall uh, and then fallen on their own in a way that they had to get lifted off to to fall. Uh, the, by the way, I don't know if you heard that a door. A do- I did. A door leaning against the wall, I guess it was like a spare door, right. lifted off the wall and then fell the other way. Can you imagine the slam that that would have the, made? And then the broom is like, I'm, I'm falling too. Wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I, I insist on personifying every inanimate object. I can't stop myself. 
very uh, hersing shifter of you. It is, and to I to be so, so attached so, to random things. So sorry by the way, last night I took a break from doing my notes and watched the part where you realized all over again that it what I've was never going watched on. Watched it. You've never watched it, Christine. No. It's so good. I gotta it's watch so it. It's so good. Uh, I also like. I'm not, I I let's call me a, a pampered diva or whatever it is. But like pat on the back, I forgot how fucking good that episode was. Yeah, that it was, was amazing. People I, were like beside themselves about it. I really did stay up all night. I the, I remember originally having a completely different story until like six o'clock at night That's the night before. Happens. And then I was like, it's Christine's 30th. I got to do something. And I was like, what if she was the cryptid? And I went, oh, here we go. It's one of those moments where you're like, well, <laughs> God damn it. Dumb brain coming up with ideas. Yeah, it's like, I know. It's exactly. an idea I can't ignore. If I do, I'll regret it for the rest of my damn life. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Anyway, we should definitely uh, watch that together. We the, should do uh, a little commentary track on Twitch or something. Do a little, Oh, that like, would be great. Okay, be wow. Who are you, fucking Zandy Schieffer? I'm trying, and this poor guy, everything he does, I'm like, let me try it. Like, I, he, I can't give him one thing to himself. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to the personifying the broom going, wee. And I feel uh, bad about the broom, by the way, because I feel like he <laughs> kind of got overshadowed. But anyway, that's besides the He point. didn't, though, because he made it onto ghost adventures and the door did not well 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 because he got lifted uh when the ghost was mad at aaron so (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm loving this i'm loving this so uh doors also slam shut even when they've been propped up or wedged in a way that they cannot close and haven't closed in days Mm. and then the second you're in the room the door will slam shut on its own lovely sounds there are sounds of furniture being moved around there's a sound of parties being thrown upstairs there's walking and pacing in the room above you including in vacant rooms and places where there are no rooms above you but you can still hear as if someone is living up there no no thanks People have also heard heavy, like, 30-pound weights dropped on the floor. They've heard people getting into bed, again, in rooms where there is no room. That is freaky. There's a ghost cat that meows. And, by the way, it's me, the empress. (laughs) Empress. You're just looking at all your many bathrooms, counting them (laughs) one by one. (laughs) Uh, And the cat meows and jumps onto your bed. And, actually, one time they even thought that they heard a cat during an investigation. And so they took a picture of the dark room and later saw two little cat eyes in the picture. Which part of fancy feast. Part of me wants to think it's precious, and part of me thinks it's like a what's a harbinger for death or an oh, escort. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, here's the creepiest one for me. There's a snowman decoration in the basement that they bring up for Christmas. Ah! That's like uh, that is it's- terrifying. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing the that. holidays. No, <laughs> that vulnerable moment with me. <laughs> they, uh, but it's like a five foot snowman, uh, yeah, and no. it dances when you plug it in. And here's the thing. It dances when it's not plugged into. Well, fuck off with that. I want nothing to. I don't want it (laughs) dancing when it's plugged in. I don't want it dancing ever. Uh, People have seen many apparitions. Uh, Many are scary as shit shadow people. Oh, man, I had a picture I wanted to show you of it. Let me do. you? mm, No, we don't have a lot of time. It just know it was really it was like shadow people on the ceiling shadow people coming out of doors shadow people crawling on si- on the sides of the walls Ew. and that was the interpretation of the medium from uh dead files yuck she said that others looked fragmented one of them looked like it was dripping chunks of tar Whoa. 
People also see a tall and skinny shadow man dressed in 1930s clothing standing in front of your uh, bed at night. Nice. Cool, cool. There's a woman in a red head wrap that has been seen and also in pictures, has been seen in pictures and in real life, um, has been seen through the years, especially in crowds when the hotel has an event. And they think that that's Hazel Palmer, the daughter. Aww. Um, shadow figures are everywhere. There are multiple, multiple reports of people just casually seeing them fly around. Some of them are as tall as the door frame. Uh, there's a, the apparition of a little boy with dirty blonde hair and green eyes who is seen all over the stairs. And they think he's the one bouncing a ball in the hallway. Um, kids also actually see this little boy by themselves and ask to go play with him. Oh God. They think it might be Carlisle, um, Paul, Mr. Palmer's son. Also, in, there's a rumor that in the early, early 1900s, a boy allegedly died from the flu, according to one source. So that they might be the same, might be a different boy. In room 12, there's a spirit of a maid working there uh, who Kelly calls Jacqueline. In one source, there's also a woman in a wedding dress. There's a figure playing the, lo- uh, the lobby's piano. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, the spirit of Louis Sinclair is there. Uh, there's photos of solid apparitions in the mirror reflections with you. Nah, no thanks. The apparitions look so real that you wouldn't even know that they weren't guests. And the staff have walked up to them to talk to them and ask if they needed help. And then they disappear. Um, one of the best testimonies that I've seen from an employee is one that was closing up for the night. And this is his story. Quote, Closing up in the pub and I was startled to see a young man standing at the bar. He was a nice enough looking guy in his mid-twenties and he asked if if he could get a beer. I said I thought so and checked out the taps to be sure that they didn't lock at night. Seeing that they did work, I asked what kind of beer he would like and he asked what my choice would be. I jokingly said, I like the brand with the canoe handle. He laughed and said that would be fine. He said, what do I owe you? And I told him I have no idea because I was the night clerk and not a bartender. Okay, I I was like, is this bartender? I forgot he was not a bartender. I was like, he needs to get some training. (laughs) He's not good at this. I asked him if $2 sounded fair and he gave me a $10 bill. Oh, Oh, now we have another problem. I told him I don't have access to the cha- to any change. So I told him that he would either have to have four more beers to give me all $10 or he could see if he had any other money. He checked his pockets and came up with five quarters. I explained that it was his lucky night and that the beer happened to be on sale for one twenty-five. <laughs> I was still trying to figure out where this guy came from. He gave me the quarters, thanked me, and went to the lobby. He headed up the stairs, and clearly this guy was a hotel guest. The next evening, Kelly, the owner, was there, and I laughingly revealed my ghost story from the previous night, and she went a little white and disappeared for a few minutes. None of the rooms that night had been slept in. No one had checked in, no one had checked out, and the beer glass was never found. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I Like, it was going to be creepy if it was like, oh, no, nobody with that description is staying here. But, like, nobody was staying there. He and was the glass alone. vanished, probably along with a f- couple forks. And the imagine spoon. having oh, <laughs> and, and Francisco was in the corner. Hey. I, <laughs> can you imagine just not even talking to like like you're having a full blown conversation That's with someone who's completely which it's like talk about an intelligent spirit of like it is speaking back to you. It is thinking, producing thought regurgitating words and, also, and having a conversation with it, you it wanted a beer but like it wanted the rest of that ten dollar bill it was like it's like i know i'm a ghost 
but I don't want to spend this whole $10 bill. So here's five quarters. Right. I'm taking my $10 <laughs> bill back. I'm like, what is right. this ghost doing? I, like, it's so weird. Also, I wonder, like, did the money look old? Like, I don't know. You would it's, think, like, the money from back then. What's what's $10 in the 1800s? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was, like, trying to do, like, a weird, like, look how powerful i am look at look at how alpha male i am with all my money because i would imagine a ten dollar bill at that time was like let me show you a crisp yeah, hundred I feel like for my beer looked like an old-timey person and he said he looked like pretty normal right that's also very weird so then it's like did this guy it's one of those things where you don't even think about it of like ghosts from 2007 aren't even popular yeah. ghost stories yet so maybe yeah. this guy died near the property or maybe he loved this hotel when he was alive and this is just a dude who died like 10 years ago who or just maybe wanted a beer. it's a spirit that's just projecting as like uh, a youthful person like in disguise if they can pretend to be children you'd think they can pretend to be that's anybody so else so true Oy. at least you had like a pretty neutrally positive it seemed, yeah it experience. seemed like a pretty inane occurrence like nothing <laughs> the yeah terrifying. I wonder if, like, if it were smart enough to think about, you know, what to say next to this guy and to hand off money and blah, blah, blah. I wonder if it had thought, like, what's this guy going to do when he realizes I'm not here? Or yeah, do you think like he even much... realized, do you think he was in, he's in denial and thought, oh, I'm actually here having a beer? Or do you Maybe. think he... Maybe. That is so... Twisted. Yes. So room 22 is Raymond's room, the super bad guy. And you can hear things upstairs the whole time, even though there's no room above him. Mm. The most haunted rooms are 11 and 17, where people have been stroked while sleeping and they see the shadow man at the foot of their bed. Room 17 is Lucy's room, who is a former sex worker, and she hates men. She doesn't like people sitting in both chairs because if both chairs are taken up, then she has nowhere to sit. And where is she going to sit? Well, it's implied that then she would be forced to be on the bed as a former uh, sex worker. Ha. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, if both chairs are taken, especially by men, she gets mad slams doors and she has been seen in the chair smoking. Mm. Here's the thing. She has been seen. This is from one source and one source only, but yikes. She has been seen in the chair smoking and the left side of her face was completely beaten. <gasps> and the right side of her face, the scalp was hanging off of her skull. <gasps> Oh my god yeah who saw that and lived to tell about it because i don't think i think i would expire i don't think i would I survive couldn't tell you i'd be so traumatized knowing that on ghost adventures aye, aye, aye. during the walkthrough of rooms, your chair he destroyed that fucking room he was just he moved the chairs where she likes to sit blah 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 like during the walkthrough of room 17 they asked the spirit box is there any danger for any of the people in this house and the spirit box literally laughed and said zach bagans <laughs> no it did not zach and bagans i'm not kidding like duh hello naturally zach then goes into lucy's room he messes up the room he picks up the mattress he throws the chairs around like what and are you doing like have some fucking respect he, this person lived a life of trauma he and literally even said that he was provoking the ghost so like yeah no shit and like this person clearly is stuck in a place that she is uncomfortable unhappy feels threatened and so you're gonna go in there and take advantage of that it really mm -hmm. just this is what we talked about in the last week's episode like it's it's like fun we like to watch it but like this kind of thing it really it mm -hmm. grinds my gears you know 
what was that other thing? He said something like the rain reminded him of orphans' tears. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's right. Oh my god. So anyway, and then he the rainbow the... reminds him of a little leprechaun. <laughs> 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 so uh he goes into lucy's room messes up the room and the rem pod starts chirping like crazy and you can tell it's this woman being like all i have is this fucking chair and you just like and like she already hates men i'm sure she saw him coming from a mile away and was like oh um <laughs> the the high-pitched static uh then a high-pitched static shock which you can hear in real time <gasps> apparently hits zach and he feels like he got shocked Ooh, which is what happened to that other person. Yeah, and it comes from nowhere. Mm. So uh, then the spirit box in the same room literally says Aaron. Uh Uh-oh. And then Zach says, what do you want to tell Aaron? And then in real life, everyone hears a growl. (gasps) Aaron says, what was that sound? And the spirit box says, a spirit. (laughs) Then the REM pod starts going crazy, and the spirit box says, Goodwin, which is aaron's last name yeah okay that's Um, not good like aaron's in trouble he's in trouble especially because then he was the only person that was able to hear footsteps in the hall behind him leaving the room and as almost as if the spirit had like been done with them and left the room (sighs) and he he heard the footsteps leaving down the hall and at the same time no more voices on the spirit box and the rem pod stopped chirping okay so almost to confirm like yeah no one was in the room with them anymore okay then in the the basement is known to have the worst energy. Uh, many are terrified of that area. This is where Kelly got jumped. The dark lores that people died down here in the fires. I would like to put in my two cents and say that people probably also died there during Prohibition, a.k.a. fucking ribs. Yep. Um, the basement is not open to the public, only for investigators. And Kelly has seen shadow people down here, has also seen a black wolf with red eyes. What? People have also heard barking um and again it's like is that the demon wolf or are those the dogs that the palmer son <gasps> that, took care of oh, that's right yeah and i would think it's the dog that the dogs that the palmer son is taking care of especially because if you can hear the dogs barking and someone got possessed and the first thing it says is i have to take care of the dogs absolutely like-, like that clearly must be still still replaying or something yeah so in the basement zach gets super lethargic he can't walk right and then there's an evp that says make sure they go They all hear footsteps and Zach gets scratched. At the same time, Billy uh, is upstairs at nerve center and he hears something walking around in the hall and on that same floor that he's on the camera that he's checking starts flickering as if something is draining the battery. Mm. Here's the weird thing. In all the sources I found for news outlets, Kelly basically said that there were hundreds of ghosts, but all of them were pretty much harmless. And although she is a big advocate for respecting the ghosts and saying that, you know, please don't, expect them to put on a show for you um she also kept a journal for a while documenting all of the guests experiences and some can be still found on the palmer website okay um all the news outlets sounded like it was light and fun but according to ghost adventures and uh dead files that was where i saw all of this information that the ghosts are super bad, super evil. She's losing business and she's scared. And even mid interview on ghost adventures, Kelly starts having a panic attack and crying (gasps) while the Mel meter starts freaking out and everyone feels like they can't breathe. Oh my God. Then in that same interview in that same walkthrough with Zach, uh, they catch EVPs about Kelly saying, I'm following her. (gasps) Zach says, tell us everything. And an EVP says, no. Then Zach says, there are spirits here. And an EVP says, they're coming to get you. (gasps) and destination and destination fear 
the medium, uh, these are all the things that she saw. A skeleton man with sharp teeth, who she thinks is the most aggressive of them all. Raymond. Raymond. She saw him holding a woman by the back of her neck. (gasps) He apparently told her he was a murderer and he loved it and he wants to keep killing like he did when he was alive. Oh my God. Apparently he's from the 1890s with a lot of money, which is why people think it might be that Cassius Spray guy because he owned the place in the 1890s and Uh had a lot of money. Um, But she doesn't think it's the same person. Uh, she also saw a woman screaming and crying. She felt anxiety. The, the, apparently <laughs> she heard without having met Kelly, she could sense that the living woman here is getting pushed out. Uh, the skeleton man is trying to jump people, which she didn't know any of this stuff in advance. Okay. That's the, the beauty of dead files is that the medium just goes in completely cold and just says what she's thinking. Oh my God. That's what happens when chip coffee shows up on Kindred spirits. <sighs> oh my God. It's the so, best. It's so much fun to watch them come in without knowing and like seeing what they see, you know, well, and this is all the stuff she saw. And it's very eerie that she got 1890s, a guy with a lot of money. There was a lot of murder here. Um, the living woman here is getting pushed out. Something is trying to jump people. She said that she saw five to six shadow men that hang out upstairs. And she said that they are mentally ill in a way that is very dangerous. And they're probably people who have killed in the past. Oh my um, God. Which when living people stay in a home full of mentally unwell and unsafe spirits, they can begin acting erratic, which oh is gosh. confirmed by Kelly saying all of my employees are acting really irritable. Oh gosh. She also sees smoke and can't breathe unknowing that there were four fires here. Uh-huh. She and she also senses a man who was shot in the eye. <gasps> no way. And that is the Palmer House Hotel. That is so, so specific. It's so specific. And also, I am so sorry that I was rapid firing as quick as I could. No, because no. I know you have your story to no, get I'm to. No, I'm sorry. You felt like you had to rapid fire. I know. But that's... wasn't that spooky? It was really spooky. And I've, um, I've never heard that. I don't think. And again, I say that with a grain, like take that with a grain of salt, because you could probably tell me all of your stories and I'd be like, I've never heard that, but I really don't recognize it. Well, I want to say that I got this story suggestion from the Patreon Facebook group because I reached out and asked for suggestions because I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. And this was from uh, Jasmine, uh, who said that, uh, I mean, they seemed apparent there ended up being a thread where other people were saying like, Oh, I saw like, uh, I know someone who got a full apparition of a little girl in a, uh, nightgown there. And, uh, they, I don't know. I opened it up. They didn't see her with their eyes. They were snapping photos randomly and caught it. Yep. Okay. So anyway, there was just a whole thread where people were saying, Oh, you got to do this show or this up, this story. And I guess I haven't covered it here, but if I have, let me know. Interesting. Um, oh, I figured out where you did it. Where? I had a feeling the whole time, and I, I figured it out. Where? It was your mor- morbid episode. Oh, okay. I was like, I know I've fucking seen Cause I've I done just, this before. Because I just looked it up, and I saw uh, Lucy. It says, there are boys with no eyes, which, like, I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> yikes. Um, Lucy won't take your shit. Oh, so that was probably... Oh, there were three things you talked about. And so one of them was the Palmer House Hotel. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. okay. Well, there you have it. That makes sense. Um, and I did, I did actually listen to that. So clearly I have heard the story and I just, huh. Look at but us I go. think when I'm not responding to it, it doesn't stick in my brain very well. I totally get it. 
By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listening can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, well, I love it and I might also add that to my discovery plus watch list today it is already in your queue my girl because i watch it on your account you little you just go to recently viewed christine you'll find it you'll find empress what are you called empress yes obviously empress the 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 pampered queen okay (laughs) um all right so i probably have to give you a recap of what story i'm doing because this is a part two is it oh wow okay (laughs) I know. That's kind of how I felt. Uh, it, it, just like clarity for everybody else. It's been a while since we recorded. Uh, We've I literally mean, like traveled to five different cities. <laughs> since, like at least since we last did this. Yeah. So um, this is the story of Alexander Pichushkin, the chessboard killer. Oh, you okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So basically. I remember the, the chessboard. He was trying to fill it out with yes. tchotchkes from his kills because he was trying to beat out someone he was inspired by who also killed correct exactly and so he wanted his goal was to beat this serial killer that he had spotted on the news and he wanted to outdo him uh Uh, and so the 
basically just the last thing I mentioned was how there was this um, woman named Maria who had been attacked and she was uh, she had been thrown down a well and was in the sewer. Yes. And couldn't yes, get out. And I mean, traumatizing. She so she couldn't get out. And then she uh, climbed up, but she, it, the thing was too heavy for her to lift. And so she screamed and she saw a girl run away. And then the girl actually ran away to go get some help with a security yes. guard. And then that's how they found her. And then she was able to tell people who the killer was because he gave his actual name and address. And then do you remember what happened after that? They found the, the chessboard. No, I don't know. Um, what? so what happened was that, uh, she gave the, oh the, yes, they, like, they like told her they, they covered it up or something. They told her because she was like, she wasn't a, yes. a citizen or something. Yes. They, and the officer did not want to participate in this, uh, arrest and said, and eh, he was basically being lazy and said, uh, threatened her with, you know, her illegal status in moscow and uh said uh-huh. we'll only you know let you go uh and we'll promise to tell your boyfriend you're safe uh and we'll tell him where you are and to bring some clean clothes for you but only if you pretend you fell into the well yeah well first of all kel Surprise, and second of all he did end up going to jail for negligence later right he did he did okay. and um happy the, endings ish yeah it's at least somewhat of a <sighs> somewhat of a, a bright spot um and then supernenko the future senior investigator later commented his only motive was i do not want to work that's all he did not need to search for anyone or prove anything if Ugh. only he had worked properly then petrushkin would have been detained we would then not have seen more than half the corpses <gasps> so basically half of the murders hadn't even been committed yet and, and they're now on him yeah and if only he had followed through with her saying this is his name and this is where he lives like us like a smoking gun it wasn't even like he it's not even like he was lazy and didn't want to have to go play detective like he could have from his exactly. desk solved it he could, like he had the answer he could have just written it down and been he like he could have just told a different cop i'm on my lunch break there. yeah uh, can you go deal with this it's really horrific and i think it also speaks to like just not taking women seriously and things like this where it's Mm -hmm. like okay yep you're fine we'll call your boyfriend like it just reeks of uh icky icky stuff Mm -hmm. um okay so after uh maria petrushkin attacked someone that he didn't usually attack and now i don't know if you remember but he was known to attack often older gentlemen older people who worked in the park or not who didn't work in the park who played chess in the park um because he felt like he could get away with it because people wouldn't go looking for them oh so he didn't care he usually didn't care who he was killing it was not about that okay if that makes sense and so Maria was kind of an anomaly because it was like, oh, somebody would notice she was missing. Her son did notice she was missing. Oh, and yeah. She, she even, left him a literal fucking note. right? Yeah. She'd even written a note. And so the next anomaly basically was this 13 year old boy named Mikhail. I don't know how to say it in uh, in uh, in German. It's Mikhail. Mikhail, I'm going to say, like Michael, basically. Okay. Uh, last name Lobov. And he's 13 years old. So, mm. big yikes. 
Um, Wait, that was who he killed next? Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So that was like kind of another anomaly in that it's not just kind of the old loners at the park. It's like he's now going after people who are more risky. Anyone, anyone is a fair game at this point. Yes, exactly. So between uh, Maria and Mikhail, uh, Petrushkin would murder 48-year-old Vera Sakharova, uh, 46-year-old Boris Nesterov, and 41-year-old Alexei Fedorov. Um, and that all occurred within, let's see, February 27th, March 7th, and March 8th. So, Whoa. like, within a week or two, like, really back-to-back. Um, wow. And now tell me if I've said this before, because I'm not sure. I had a, a point where I broke the episode in half, but part of me thinks maybe I've already done this and I moved the the episode break to later. So huh. okay. let me see. Let, like, let me know if this is familiar. If not, we're just going to have to reread it. So. Um, it was thought that Petrushkin met young Mikhail around the metro station where a lot of kids his age used to hang out near the flower stands and dumpling kiosks. No, you did not talk about this. We didn't, right? Because I was like, I no. would have remembered dumpling kiosks. Uh, I, we would have made a joke about wonton. About <laughs> wonton, wonton. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. We we did a live show and unfortunately there was like a... a minor medical emergency during the show it was in brooklyn and um so you know we put up the lights like we want to make sure uh this person was taken care of by the way shout out to gabby i uh i don't know if i ever told you this m but i met two of the nurses they approached me at a bar after the show and were like hey we were the nurses that came and helped and then they were like we met tonight helping gabby and then that now they're friends and they went out for drinks and it was very fun but anyway um they said gabby i hope i hope you know that you caused friendships at, yes. at the very least yes and honestly it was i, I don't I, like they mentioned briefly like oh she might have been a little embarrassed whatever i don't want you to ever feel embarrassed if you know especially with a medical emergency kind of no. thing um and we just got to do a q a and talk about ourselves more so honestly it was a win-win for us um, yeah. but i'm glad you're safe and healthy and uh, and so someone during the q a asked what my dinner plans were yeah. and told me about a wonton place and they basically lovely. said it's a wonton place, but but if you log into their website or go onto their website, they spell it wanton. And so it's, <laughs> it's just like a perfect little setup. Um, but anyway, so yeah, dumpling kiosks. So I'm sure we have not covered this yet. Similar to his other victims, Petrushkin went on a 20-minute walk through the forest with Mikhail. But this is also more fucked up, in my opinion, because he's 13. So uh-huh. he's like a grown man walking this 13-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. He had cigarettes and drinks when out of nowhere, Petrushkin struck him on his head and, like Maria, shoved him down the well to die. <gasps> uh, fortunately, Whoa. like with Maria, Porch- oh, Petrushkin didn't realize that he hadn't actually killed young Mikhail. So, apologies. Two for two. Wow. I di- yeah, I did say, oh, he was his next victim. He was his victim. Right. But he did survive, thankfully. Damn, at that point, I would be like, if I were Maria, I would just, like, leave the the heavy thing that you, like, they're trying, yeah. the super great. I would just leave that open at this point and be just, like, hopefully if people can get through there, they can just, just open all away. of them in town in case anybody goes yeah, to cool, one of the. Now, now I'm worried that the same thing's going to happen where he can't lift the heavy thing and, and he's he won't a 13 year old. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, so he, he didn't realize, uh, again, fortunately, that he hadn't actually killed young Mikhail. So as fortune would have it, Mikhail's jacket caught on a piece of metal in the well. 
And so he was like caught and he was able to crawl out. Get out. Wow. And Petrushkin had already left. So unfortunately, like with Maria, uh, the police weren't really interested to hear his story. Uh, Wow. Two for two. uh, Yeah. Whoa. Now a kid comes and says, hey, this guy, we know who he is, did this to me. And again, dismissed. Was it it the same cop? Oh, I'm not sure. Because if it were, I would be like beyond even more infuriated that like it, if you could have excused it in your mind as like that was one person with a crazy story, you have full confirmation now and you're still But honestly, I think I'd be more relieved because it's like at least there aren't two people who are hearing about this horrific predator and are like, oh, it's fine. You know, I can't decide which is worse. It's like either this one person, but yeah, either way, it's really bad. Um, He reported all the details, but he was dismissed and he was sent home. So this is also talk about PTSD trauma. Uh, Mikhail would even see Petrushkin out and about the following week. Like he was walking around and he's like, that's the guy who tried to murder me. So he screamed. He called for an officer's attention to alert them to the fact that his murderer was having a casual stroll a few feet ahead of him. Mm -hmm. But basically they were like, you like go home. You're a child. They totally fucking dismissed him. And unlike Maria, it's it's blood boiling. Honestly, that's a great that's a great way to phrase it. It's like so infuriating. Unlike Maria and Mikhail, the majority of Petrushkin's victims were men he already knew. And a lot of them, like I said, were either experiencing homelessness or had very few friends or family who would miss them if they were to disappear. Um, So, for example, Petrushkin would murder one of his friends named Yev, who often played chess with him um, and nothing ever came about. Uh, Petrushkin's tactics would change ever so slightly uh, after his dog died. And... While huh. he, cl- which is like interesting because I feel like there's an element of empathy that you don't often yeah. see. Like he, again, we, I know I mentioned this, but it was a while ago that like he actually was really fond of animals and right. cared for them a lot. So it's, it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition. Um, but I guess once his dog died, his tactics changed. And while he claims he was kind of, he was upset about the death of his dog, he actually, uh, profited from this piece of news um so his dog died and like yes he said he was uh distraught about it but he also used it to his advantage because remember when he would tell his victims oh um like i'm feeling really sad can you come uh-huh. uh you know meet so now he's doing the classic i'm he's, i lost my dog he's can doing you come the, with me thing this thing yes so uh very disturbing um he says he felt a deep sense of loss uh and it sort of mimics the time that he lost his grandfather and this stirred up buried emotions and so he used this tactic on yev he made his way to the park found yev to tell him about his dog passing and he asked him to come pay tribute with a with the dog um which yev of course accepted and they did the same rigmarole all over again after they'd walked to the empty part of the park petrushkin struck yev on the head dragged his body to the sewer and dumped him inside Mm. and he actually alleged to killing another 20 people of a similar demographic in pretty much the same manner uh Mm. in a matter 20 more 20 more in a matter of months 
which is a lot. Oh, my God. They were only able to confirm six, however, um, but still uh, not good either way. Uh, So the the six that they were able to confirm were between the ages of 40 to 46, all seem to be in that same kind of demographic as Yev. And in his 2006 confession, according to The Independent, he admitted that he'd killed Valerie Dolmatov, his neighbor, because of a, a fight they had over their dogs 10 years earlier. So what? A tabloid. Can you talk about a grudge. Holy talk shit. about a fucking grudge. Which uh, astrological sign holds grudges, you think? I'm mm. just wondering. Hi. Don't know because I don't. It feels. I mean, I'm always just gonna lean into Scorpio. Uh, Taurus. Taurus loves a loves oh, a Taurus grudge. Taurus kind of stubborn. Okay, interesting. I I'm I just taking a guess in the dark. I'll. I don't know. I feel like that's a good one. I feel like Taurus and I feel like Scorpio could could do kind of like a long like a long game. Of like, I think like any hard headed, fiery personalities like I think an Aries would certainly hold a grudge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just guessing here. Okay, I don't interesting. Know. Let me check his birthday. I'm curious. If he's a Taurus, it'd be very funny. That would be. Um, a Virgo? If he's a, if he's a Gemini, I'm going to scream. A Virgo could be interesting, too. This is um, a fun game. It is, right? <laughs> I feel like it yeah. is a fun game. Um, he is a... He is an Aries. Oh, all right. That fire, okay. Fire sign. That makes sense. You did say also, that, right? I did say Aries, yeah. I mean, they like vengeance. They sure do. Yeah. But also, like, uh, are you kidding me? Like, okay, first of all, you're killing anyone. Relax. But also, yeah. like, uh, for a 10-year, a fight 10 years ago about your dog. Like, yeah. I feel like this guy was just looking for any reason. Anything. Like, get over any it. Any reason. Yeah. Uh, But no. Like, someone had to die because of a fight. Think of a fight that you had 10 years ago and someone's going to come kill you today because of it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, like, wait, what? I don't even remember. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, that's awful. So yes, he admitted that he had killed Valerie, his neighbor because of a, uh, because of a fight about their dogs 10 years earlier and a tabloid, uh, reported Mr. Petrushkin's beloved mongrel apparently sniffed Valerie's dog and Mr. So nature happened. <laughs> Animals interacted with each other. Yeah. So basically, Mr. Petrushkin's beloved dog apparently sniffed another man's dog. And the other man shouted at Mr. Petrushkin. So shouted at him to take away his enormous mongrel mutt. Really? And so 10 years later, decided uh, vengeance must be had and uh for god's sake murdered okay. the neighbor so let's check into 2003 uh Petrushkin was still living in his mother's home but now his half-sister katya had gotten married and her husband had also moved into the apartment and they lived in the bedroom while Petrushkin and his mom slept in the living room very cramped setup but even with them basically living on top of each other no one at all suspected what he was up to hmm? nobody had any clue so how 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 like and also like how good of an actor is he where he's coming home and just easy fucking breezy like he just shoved a bunch of people in a sewer grate i mean well i know i always try to like put myself in their shoes but like in the in the killer's shoes but like my i don't have a, a killer's mind so i guess that's not a fair 
thing to do. But if I, if I killed somebody like a nervous wreck is beyond an understatement. Like there's no, there's no faking that something happened. If I ever kill someone, you will know. Like, and I, even if I think I'm hiding it, you'll know. Absolutely. For him to just be piled in there with roommates and everyone's just like, Oh, let's just watch a TV show. Let's just hang out. What? What? I know. And I, I think, I don't know if it's like, Oh, cause now he's done like 40 of them and he's just used to it. Or if he's always been this calm, cool and collected. I don't know. Um, but yes, so they had no idea. They had no idea what he was up to. And GQ actually gives a detailed account into the murder of Alexander Petrushkin's 32nd victim, who unfortunately is not named. Um, and it was an early evening in spring th- 2003. Uh, and this victim was a middle-aged man. And as investigator Fyodosova describes, as always, Petrushkin waited for hours until his victims were all alone. In the case of 32, that's what they called the victim. Uh, yeah, not not sit not sitting well I mean, with I don't me, know what the right thing I is, know. but still. I guess in the case of this victim, he had always been, he had been smoking and drinking on a bench, legs crossed next to a bus stop around the corner from Petrushkin's apartment. It was warm outside and there were too many people around. Petrushkin would have to wait around an hour before everyone but this man disappeared. So it wouldn't take long before Petrushkin and this man were walking to a remote spot in Bitsa Park. And Petrushkin remembered that he was in a foul mood. And so in fear that he'd just leave, Petrushkin tried to cheer him up. Mm. And how did you, how did he do that? You ask? Well, he asked him what he would wish for if he were granted one wish. And, uh, this man replied to stop drinking. Oh, so Petrushkin then smugly replied, I promise you, today will be the day you stop drinking. <gasps> Ew! Yeah. Oh, God. I hate that. And so apparently uh, the man asked no questions about where they were walking to. Uh, instead, the man who was drunk at the time just kind of followed along. There wasn't even a spiel about the dead dog. And Petrushkin never revealed what he and this man were otherwise talking about before he struck him with such force that he was so severely injured but barely alive uh, and then was pushed down a well. Oh, my God. So this was clearly one of his favorite tactics um, to hurt them in a way where they were still conscious by Mm -hmm. bashing them in the head but not... Like wanting them to suffer. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's it's sick. Um, and so as Petrushkin considered murdering more and, or sorry, continued murdering more and pe- more people, he also began forcing, okay. What? This is something I mentioned in the last episode and I kind of gave the, gave the impression that this was a, it's a post-mortem thing only, but it seems like maybe it wasn't a post-mortem thing only. What? So as Petrushkin continued murdering more and more people, he also began forcing broken shards of a broken vodka bottle into the victim's skull before pushing <gasps> them down the well. Oh, my God. And if you... Uh, <laughs> if the victim was not dead before he plunged the 30 feet to the bottom, the impact would then finish the job. Um, and that became his signature move. And this feels per- particularly fucked up when you think about the man who said he wished he would stop drinking. And then this was done to his body. Yeah. And he was 
thrown down a well. I, uh, <clears throat> and I feel like the, wow. And I feel like the shards now going into people's heads, I feel like that's in a sad way, almost expected now, because I feel like after 40 people of just hitting them in the head, like you need something new. Like you need like a yeah, hot, like escalating. It's yeah. Like it had to. So I feel like just hitting someone in the head wasn't good enough because it maybe it, you got too used to that level of them suffering and you yes, need to make it worse. That's a good point. And we've also had that, um, other kind of hint that he wanted the glory, the attention uh-huh. to beat this other guy. So I bet he liked having a signature move Oy. that across the board would like indicate it was him, you know, which is mm. just sick. Wow. Um, yeah. It was around this time that more and more people were becoming aware of the murders that were taking place. Um, bodies would appear at a nearby wastewater treatment center, but it would take time for authorities to connect the, uh, Bitsevsky Park disappearances to the bodies that had made their way down the sewage canals. So they had basically floated <laughs> to a different place through the sewage canals. So it, was, <gasps> it took them a while to figure out the connection of they came from the park where these other people had been initially killed, where he just left the bodies. Wow. Very oh dark. Oh my God. Very dark. Also, science is kind of amazing because I wouldn't even know where to begin to discover Me neither. That. Me like, neither. To- to be able to follow the sewer tunnels and water flow? Wow. Hell no. Um, according to GQ, it is believed that at least 13 corpses, including possibly that of victim 32, are believed to be stuck somewhere in the sewage system. Which Still? Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. Wow. This is a really fucking dark story. Yes. I mean, I it has been dark, but it just keeps It just keeps worse. adding more and more. Um, but that being said, many bodies never turned up at all, so we're not sure what happened. And it wasn't like people weren't aware of the murders that were going on. It became kind of like a known thing that this park, this bits of park was like a fucking murder field, basically. Mm. Um, He had been operating four times in this four times, four years, way more than four times, but four years in this area. And he basically began leaving the corpses exactly where he had murdered them at this Mm. point. So Bitsa Park was becoming uh, more known as the bad part of town, uh, all thanks to what people began calling the Bitsa Park maniac or the Bitsa beast. Whoa. And only during his trial would his body count be confirmed for this period of his life. Um, And there is a long list here. I'm not going to read every single name. Um, You can find them online. Uh, yeah. A lot of them I also know I won't be able to pronounce and I don't want to give, um, I don't want to disrespectfully attempt to sure. say people's names and incorrectly. Do you know the and, number though? Yeah. So in 2003, he murdered 10 people, Whoa. Uh, which is like almost one a month. Yeah. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then in 2005, he murdered 11. <gasps> um, and so those... Uh, those I don't know were, why I'm still shocked at everything it, you're saying. It, it is. It's almost like you can't comprehend it, but then when you put it into kind of a number or like something we can grasp onto, it makes it so real just, and visceral. I keep thinking it's done, and then you just keep going. It keeps happening. Yeah. Well, well, good news. So that that last one, the eleven, were in um, 2005. 
Okay. And so uh, it was in February of 2006 that uh, Andre Supernenko was hired as senior investigator on the case because it suddenly became glaringly obvious that they were dealing with a serial killer, like un- mm-hmm. understatement of the century. Um, and clues t- as to who the murderer was were few and far between because um, whoever was doing this was good at leaving no trace behind. And at one point it was believed that, or leaving every trace behind, but the p- cops are like, nah, right. we're I was going to say, I'm sorry. I feel like there is evidence here. Yep. Like plenty, like his also, name and address. <laughs> also, um, I don't mean to have you scroll up in notes or anything, but do you know how old he is at this, at this point? Um, no, that's a great question. So 2006 and he was born in 74. <sighs> okay. So that's what 20, that's 16 plus six is 22. No, 32. 32 you're so smart okay but isn't that wild he's 32 and he's murdered i mean dozens upon dozens of upon dozens of people and has not gotten caught Oy. i'm just disturbed by that um so uh the clues were hard to find um at one point it was believed that because bits of park was near a psychiatric sanatorium uh, perhaps a sane patient who was allowed to go on walks in Bitsa Park or a former patient was responsible. So I love that we're immediately taking the mentally ill and saying, oh, well, that must be the killer is someone, you know, that old trope of uh, someone's loose from the mental yeah. hospital and is doing this, which just yikes, big yikes. Um, after inspecting some of the corpses discovered at the wastewater treatment center, the ones that had gone through the sewer, the one conclusive piece of evidence that emerged was that this psychopath was using a hammer to <gasps> to uh, knock them unconscious, or not even unconscious, but to, to kind of surprise attack them uh, before Wee. killing them. Oh, God. So, uh, I don't, as, this, anything would have been bad, but now that I know that it's a hammer, I don't. something about a hammer that's like it's small but so heavy. I think because we've all accidentally, like, bumped our finger with a hammer. Can you imagine that hitting you in the back of the fucking head? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Um, So after inspecting, blah, blah, blah. So as part of the search, one day authorities had around 200 police officers in the park to confront anyone they thought was acting suspicious. Um, and that day they happened to a, to arrest a trans woman who was right. carrying a hammer, uh, which they claimed to be carrying for protection. Mm-hmm. And news of the Bits of Park maniac being captured was leaked to the media because of this. But alas, within 24 hours, thank God the woman was able to provide an alibi and was deemed innocent. Okay, good. But can you imagine being like, oh, no, this hammer, I'd just keep it in my purse, which, again, sounds like something I would do, like this fork and this hammer. Yeah, I 100 percent like it's a it's a bold choice of weaponry, but I totally get being a trans woman at that time or even today and having a weapon on you just in case. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a good look when they're looking for a hammer and she's got one of all (laughs) things. Yeah. Yeah. Of all things. It's like, oh, this is awkward. I feel like if the police ever were looking for someone that had anything at all on them that was a little crazy i feel like they would just have to run into you and find i'm in your trouble bag. you I'm would be very much in trouble a real mess it's like when uh on let's make a deal when wayne brady like just says a random item and it's yep. like if you have it in your purse you win and i feel like you would win every time i just 
wish I could play that game. That's another thing I thought maybe I should do on TikTok. Like, a, let's see what we pull out today. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it would I'm just always be some... your social security card, and then you would show that to the public on TikTok. <laughs> and then my identity is now stolen. Yeah. Um, wow. So Pachishkin even remembered, according to the podcast Serial Killers, that one night he was at home watching TV with his family when a news report flashed about the recent arrest of the Bitsa maniac. Mm. And he felt kind of mixed about it because, like... He knew, obviously, it was himself. And so when they arrested this woman, uh, they... So he, he he enjoyed the conversation with his family where they were like, wow, I can't believe they caught... what Like, what a sicko. I can't believe they caught that person. Um, so he felt kind of, like, excited about that. But he also felt hurt that his work was attributed to someone else. Oh, like, get he wasn't out of getting here. the credit, you know? Forget about it. Okay. So, of course, he would go on to murder 55-year-old Yuri Romashkin, 68-year-old Stepan Vasilenko, 24-year-old Mahmoud Yoldashev, and 48-year-old supermarket worker Larissa Koligina before Alexander Petrushkin was officially caught and arrested on June 16, 2006, after the murder of Marina Moskalyova. So... Initially, Petrushkin denied everything, but within a few hours, he would confess. Oh. What did you do? I stepped on the mixer. Oh, my God. I was like, yo, not tasteful. <laughs> okay. The only thing I will say, at least it went to when he said he uh, he denied everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Can you imagine if that was like an applause or something? Oh, my God. Well, then that I would say, oh, that went to him being arrested. But... <laughs> None of it. Sorry, th- that was good. not. That should have not been funny, but it was. You, you got me. You I got mean, it me. really was an accident. Um, it, it, because it was an accident, it is funny. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely not intentional. <laughs> I want to be very, very clear. that That really threw me off i was like did i do that i freaked out uh nope it's usually me don't worry um but yeah so he claimed he had nothing to do with it womp 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 nice Uh try buddy let's Mm -hmm. put it i'm gonna put that spin on it sure um so but a few hours later he confessed to police that he had met with marina for a picnic while they sat for hours alone while he was contemplating whether to kill her or not Uh, what a tough decision wow must be rough he eventually decided to take her life as life would have become torture for him otherwise wow that's what he said i'm i believe it if he didn't kill her uh his life would become his own personal hell and he would just Uh torture himself forever well obviously uh in his confession he told authorities all about how the majority of his victims were men although there were around three who were women um according to the exile by masha levine petrushkin told police that he knew 20 of his victims from playing chess with them in the park in fact 10 of the maniacs victims lived in the same four building complex where he lived oh my 10 of God. them can you imagine the people living in that apartment complex being like everyone here is dropping like flies i'm so disappearing. scared disappearing Or, like, even, like, people going to play chess there, 20 people who play chess there all died. I'd be like, we're not allowed. No one's going to the chess park anymore. Hell no. Um, And so with nearly all of them, he would coerce them to go to Bitsa Park uh, to tell them about his dead dog. He'd invite them to share a vodka to mourn his dog's death. Uh, And then he would lodge that vodka bottle into their skull and push them down a well. So. Wow. 
Uh, in Masha Levine's analysis into the psychology behind his attacks, she notes that Petrushkin didn't rape his victims, but he got sexual kicks from sexual substitution. Oy. So unlike Chikatilo, who was his like idol, uh, he wasn't about the slashing and cutting. He was more into... What? Hmm. What? This is a quote, so I'm going to say it. Uh, skeletal penetration... <gasps> Also known as skull fucking. Uh-huh. Um, so after he got his victims wasted, he'd bash their head in with a hammer, then stick empty bottles and twigs into the holes he'd made in his in their skulls. Wow. Uh yeah. Okay. He he later said, I like the sound of a skull splitting. <gasps> oh my god. Wow. Yeah. Um, Whoa. He sometimes mixed it up a bit. He strangled a few of his victims or even tried out a homemade single shooter uh, that he made out of a pipe. Um, a single shooter? What is that? I, like a, I think like a gun, like some sort of something that okay, shot something. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sorry. You had me at, at skull fucking. That was that's all I I'm out. I'm out. I'm far out. Far, far away. Uh, so Peter Savodnik breaks down Petrushkin's motive in the GQ article. He comments, unlike Andre Chikatilo, a sexually dysfunctional sexual predator, or Ted Bundy, who preferred college girls, Petrushkin didn't want sex. He sought something purer, an untainted death. Ew. This is not to say that killing was not sexual for him. The way the maniac talked about killing, he would tell the court that one's first murder is like first love made it sound like a biological imperative. He said he sometimes ejaculated when he killed. Okay. Okay. Uh, he even later went on to equate murdering to a perpetual orgasm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Natasha Fyatasova, daughter to Boris Fyatasova, uh, Petrushkin's 36th victim, remembers that it was strange that he only wanted to kill people he knew. If he had killed people he didn't know in another neighborhood, it wouldn't have been as bad, but he killed people he knew. Uh, Fyatasova was especially heartbroken because she knew Petrushkin well. She was very good friends with his half-sister Katya. Uh, there was a total shock when we heard it was Sasha Pashushkin. He was always very calm, always by himself. Wow. And um, he confessed to murdering a total of 61 people. Holy uh, shit. It's a lot. And all, I don't even know 61 people. Me neither. And all in that park. Wow. Yeah. Uh, police would only, only be able to link him to 49 murders. Um but again, Why? there were a lot of people that would, those were the only ones they were able to like track down and like <sighs> connect to him. But oh, like the way that he operated and the way that he kind of picked on people who didn't have like family friends, like I would not be surprised if the number was higher than that 49 they found. Mm. Um, he spoke about his kills with a strange pride, reflecting that he felt like, this is disgusting, felt like the father of all these people. Uh, <sighs> Since it was I who opened the door for them to another world. So, like, the mother is the giver of life and the father is the giver of death? Is that I what guess? he's thinking? Like, or, he's, like, he's giving them a existential 
new spiritual life experience yeah i don't know like he's opening the world for them by By the way like i don't think we need to say it at all but like the confidence and the arrogance of a man at all let alone when he's got this weird power that is backed behind him like he killed 61 people it i want to it's like it's not like if you're a a dude who is super arrogant and like you killed one person and you think you're going to get away with it. And then you get caught right away. Right. Like this guy has successfully been getting away with it. So his arrogance must be like overflowing. Absolutely. The cockiness. And then like for him to be like, first of all, this one guy was a killer and he is not, I'm, I'm a higher value than that. So I'm going to kill worse and better and more. And then on top of that, I am the father of these people. And also I consider them my children. It's like, they're my children. Also, I'm going to do stuff to them after they're dead. And I'm going to throw them up into fucking wells and stab them in the head. What? It's horrific. And it's, it's so nonsensical and it makes me really want to hear a lecture on, on, forensic psychology i'm just so yeah. curious what did you say earlier blood boiling uh it makes my blood, is that boil, what I said? blood boiling it, that's just blood like boil. i'm trying to think of the word that this is the experience i'm having and i think yeah that's it. i think that's what probably what i said um so at the time of his confession he also felt a strange pride in as you just kind of alluded to being able to supersede chikatilo's final body count mm-hmm. um he did feel sad, uh, but just because this was kind of an inconvenience, uh, he said, if they had not caught me, I would never have stopped. It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, nobody's surprised by that. I feel like if your whole goal was to, like, fill out a chessboard, like, at that point, this is your new normal. You don't just stop once you hit the end no, of the chessboard. absolutely. You start on, like, checkers. Yeah, like, you keep going. As mentioned previously, Petrushkin was highly cooperative with police, um, his trial began September 13, 2007, and on the documentary, uh, journalist Yana Sharinskaya, who attended the trial, described his behavior as a performance because he wanted the attention. Like, he just loved that the attention was all about him. Wow. Um, my eyes just rolled all the way back into it my It hurts, head. right? How much your eyes roll. Uh, in the trial, he was kept inside a glass cage. Whoa. Uh, similar to how Andre Chikatilo was also... 14 years earlier kept inside a glass cage uh, during his trial but despite but despite the fun of this glass cage there were also two things that irked him he pleaded with the court to bring his total body count up to 60 with three surviving victims because they were only trying him for 49 and uh chikatilo's number was 54 and so he was very annoyed that even though he said he killed more than that that they were cutting it at 49 Wow. And uh, now he would be, quote, denied this eternal fame, Uh as he put it. Um, Secondly, according to GQ, during the trial, he remembered how when he was committing the murders, he sometimes had to hurry up and finish someone off so he could rush home and shower. In some cases, scrubbing the blood out of his hair or from under his fingernails and watch the latest installment of TV adaptation of Alexandre Dumas, Countess of Montsoreau. Uh, with his mother. That was the show that they watched together. I think I mentioned that briefly last episode, but he could never miss an episode. And so he would say, Oh, it was so frustrating. Sometimes I'd have to like, like rush a murder so I could get home to watch this with mom. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. 
So Alexander Petrushkin was convicted on October 25th, 2007 for 48 murders and three attempted murders. He was sentenced to life in prison with the first 15 in total solitary confinement. Whoa. Which I guess finishes this year. Whoa. So yikes. I don't think he's going to be a more stable person after that. I I would argue impossible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, in prison, Alexander Petrushkin uh, has written to over 80 women who admired his work. What the fuck is, what is going on? wrong with these people? Like, I like to think that all women are on the same page. But, like, what the fuck but, is going on with these 80 women? certainly not. Oh, my God. Otherwise, we'd be in a much better place. Well, yes. Those 80, 80 people, in my opinion, certainly would. Yep. Uh, there was one woman who stood out and in 2016 journalists discovered he had proposed to a woman called Natalia who had first written to him in 2014. Natalia was an employee at a Siberian children's shop. Mm -hmm. Hopefully has been fired since then. Right. Yeah. And first saw Petrushkin on a news program and fell in love. Wow. She has commented saying that she is, Proud of her groom as if he was a Hollywood star. Her groom, Hollywood star. Are you kidding Disgusting. me? Disgusting. Unwell. Uh, un- un- so, so unwell. Like I say I'm unwell. Like that's fucking unwell. unwell. Despite the uh, engagement, the Russian prison system forbade them from continuing contact and getting married. Uh, they were like, we're drawing the line here. Um, however, still to this day, Natalia is able to see her loved one every day in the form of a tattoo on her arm. Get out. Oh, of his face. Gross. <laughs> and that is the case of Alexander Petrushkin, the chessboard killer. Um, the chessboard thing wasn't really much except that he tried to fill out a chessboard with right. his victims and uh, also killed people playing chess in the park. So I guess it sort of fits. Um, but it wasn't as kind of like about chess. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's rough because there is not a lot of information on a lot of his victims. So I just want to point that out, especially because he picked a lot of people who were considered loners and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a pretty disturbing one. And, um, Whoa. I'm going to send you a picture of the chessboard here. Yeah. And the chatter and... Uh, I'll text it to you. Okay. Oh, there it is. 157.50. Oh, I see. He was... I see. Oh, what a weird way to even do the chart. But okay. We... uh, Wow. That's super eerie. Do we know where this chessboard is now? You know, I don't. I assume it's... Like, where did they put this kind of shit? I assume it's in custody somewhere, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it would just be, like, held somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's so eerie. You know what? This is such a kind of half off question, but like the one of the main things that make me think that like ghosts might not be real is like, how do you kill 61 people and you're not being haunted by every single one of them and like getting your ass kicked every night? I just feel like if if you're a killer, you should have the 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 most demonic things happening to you. Like, I, I mean, that's, it's such a weird, small, like my brain's having a moment and thinking about that kind of stuff. But I just think like 61 people, like, how do you not have bad energy following you at all? Whether it's a, well, a you ghost must. or not. You must. Right? right? I'm sure he does. Like, I, He's in solitary confinement. He's probably fucking tortured. Yeah. I just wonder soul. how you just, you like, okay, 61 people. How did you get to, I don't know, 43 and like 
just walk around with an air of confidence and like not even realize that like the world fucking hates you you know it's twisted it's just wild very twisted and it makes me sad and it makes me wonder if just that really terrible head injury would have done anything if it had been prevented right didn't he get hit in the head with a swing or something yeah boy yeah i also feel terrible for people who have had head injuries and have to deal with that stupid trope like it's terrible yeah like it's like no i had head injury i'm not a killer you know Awful. anyway a lot of a lot of tangents we could get off on but i know that you also are running off to something right now Ugh, so yeah i just gotta go help zibebe uh go to sleep but yes there is also a photo of the tattoo on her arm and it's doesn't oh, look are, like him are you sending it to me yeah let me send it to you and then you can go talk to your baby and what a I weird life I what a weird you, life you live just having you. to deal with dark shit and then just go be with a little sweet baby it's really lucky that i'm extremely good at compartmentalization because yeah. i'm very good at that oh ew the tattoo is literally like a shadow figure of it's him grotesque. and a chessboard so like it's realize. not i didn't even realize yeah, that's a fucking chessboard so like now the person so now it's like you're not even ignoring that part of his life to try you're to love the saying, other things. You're not saying, oh, he's moved past it. You're saying we're both celebrating it. You're saying I want to mark my body for the things that he wants to be known for and I want to know him for. That Ugh. makes me so ill. That's fucking disgusting. And this is the this is the actual person, his wife or girlfriend wife, or whatever? Yeah. Or I guess they're not allowed to get married, so it's his fiance. I feel like, I mean, I'm sure this is like a probably a controversial topic but i wonder what the like how do you i guess technically she hasn't done anything wrong but i feel like if you are falling in love with someone who has murdered 61 (laughs) people like shouldn't you yourself maybe like be on a suspect list or like a not that you've done anything but like maybe like a let's watch out because their their values are a little wild list yeah yeah like Put him on a li- I mean, I'm sure I'm on a fucking list for saying some of the shit I say in text messages. So May- I don't I hope that's not a controversial thing to say. But like, I just think like, who is this person that fell in love with you and like is cool with this? Like, just totally fucking cool with you murdering 61 people. And is like, that's not a red flag. That's not worth thinking about. Yeah, at least put a little red flag in her and like, just just make sure if something happens like, like check out where she is at right now like what does girl talk over coffee look like with this person do they right. tell their friends like yeah it was 61 people but like whatever whatever or or is it like yeah that's not good we're like for sure trying to like compartmentalize that and not think about it while i'm dating him like 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 i want to yeah, know like, the mentality also, it's, it's on my arm so i never stop thinking about it like I right put like you wanted to get a tattooed you wanted to get the thing that was marking all the murder victims on your arm like so his like trophy so like what's happened like are you are you good like do you you're not i well i you need Sir, i think a therapist needs i think to the be therapist involved. would have a lot to say about this entire relationship um if a therapist has a lot to say about my relationship then i think like this one probably has a lot more layers uh yeah i'm i'm like not to trying unpack. to like do any sort of like direct slander or anything but i'm concerned that people have have these like like i feel like i think you know what i mean i I mean i absolutely do know what i mean know what you mean but i also think that this person saw him on a news 
headline, a news program, obviously discussing the fact that he murdered men, women, and children, 61 of them, and immediately fell in love with this person. Like that, there's not, I don't think there's any way around saying. You know what, though? How fucked up that is. Like, I actually, like, have a bit of a request for you eventually. I think this, before we, like, give our own opinions, which, like, I mean, we're already giving our own opinions, but I think it would be a really interesting topic for you to do is the psychology of people who fall in love with serial killers, because... You've requested that before. Have I? Because I'm thinking about this, and I'm, like, I feel like I'm making this one person... um, like I'm like isolating the experience, but I think about like all the women who were just so in love with Ted Bundy or like, well, I mean, I there's mean, clearly about, something. Well, I mean, I think know. about this guy. Like he had a ton of people. He just picked her as the one that stood right. out. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, I mean, she, this woman is not alone in thinking like this. It's just a completely different way of thinking than I do. And I would love to see if there have been studies on, the reasoning behind this kind of stuff or how they're able to reconcile it yep. in their head. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, anyway. I just wrote that down. So thank you. Cause I'll look about, into it. I hope it's not too controversial of a topic, but it's like just all I'm trying to get at is I'm fascinated and confused and would love to understand. That's all. Absolutely. And would love to get some more insight. Um, no, I totally agree. So we will look into that eventually. Sorry for the very long episode, everybody. But and I know you got to go see your baby and completely melt away oh, from no the last worries. two hours. I hope uh, I can. I'll try. All right. Well, I am excited to eventually hear you talk about that. It doesn't Yay. have to be next week, but I am thinking about it and I am hoping. OK, it. it'll be I will do it soon because I think it's a very fascinating topic. OK. And OK, I love you. Uh, that's why <laughs> we <laughs> drink i love you too thank god i was worried you wouldn't say it (laughs) caesar's sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with caesar's rewards that means win or lose every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only caesar's can offer like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations bonus bets daily profit boosts tickets to the game dining and so much more whether you're a new or existing customer caesar's sportsbook is always rewarding must be 21 Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.